Hey guys, and welcome to Get Life Podcast Kunai. Today we are joined by the wonderful Kevin. What's up, guys? And the awesome Joe. Benvenido. Joe, I don't know what that is, but you know, I'm not, I'm not even going to question it. It means, point, so. it means welcome. I'm in a good mood today. In, in which language? In Italian. I, I could not recognize Italian because of the accent. Sorry. Just, yeah. I'm, I'm, so, yeah. yeah. It, it's the uh, it, it's the attempt at like an American just saying, trying to say Italian words. What? Just because of that explanation, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> well, you know, I always thought, Joe, you were, you were Italian, but anyway, that's besides the point. Today, we are watching the anime Love Junibio and other delusions. That's what we're covering today, Kevin. All right. So, for you new folks, um, <clears throat> Guy Podcast Kunai is a monthly anime discussion podcast under the Get a Life group. And due to the nature of our discussions here, unfortunately, we cannot avoid spoilers of the show to be discussed. So, for those shows that are based off of an existing piece of work, whether it's a manga, a light novel, or some other media form, we aren't covering the source material for those, just the anime itself. We can be found on Stitcher, iTunes Store, and Google Play. And if you'd like to recommend a show for us to watch and make an episode of on Kunai, please send us suggestions on Twitter at GALPKUNAI, G-A-L-P-K-U-N-A-I, or by leaving us a review for your chance to win a three-month subscription to Crunchyroll Premium. If you want to watch this anime and keep up to date with what we watch here on Kunai, you can support us by signing up for a 14-day free trial of Crunchyroll Premium for everything anime at crunchyroll.com slash kunai. You can also support us by checking out our lootcrate.com slash kunai link. Additionally, you can get 10% off if you apply kunai at checkout. We were supposed to cover a certain anime afterwards, but you know... This is on another level. So, Love, Chunibyo, and Other Delusions, known in Japan as Chunibyo Demo Koi Ga Shitai, is a 2012 anime series produced by Kyoto Animation. And if you guys don't know who Kyoto Animation are, shame on you. Kyoto Animation... Then what's wrong with everyone? Exactly. What's wrong with you, right? Because... Filthy casuals. Filthy casuals, exactly. Because Kyoto Animation has created such awesome anime, like, like, uh, Chaos. <laughs> like, like uh, there's only two, there's only two anime that I know that Kyoto Animation do, and they do it really well. Kaon and Free. It's the, it's the only shows he can acknowledge because they're the only shows he thinks about. They're the only shows, especially Free. I'm really excited for, for Free Season 3. I'm stuttering just thinking about it, you know. It, it's just season so good. Yes. A season three has been announced. And oh. thinking of all those abs, aren't you, Bish? I'm thinking about all those Nagisa. If Nagi what if Nagisa's not in it? That would fuck me over. That would be like, fuck. And, no. and once again I'm kinda like like I'm kinda like the outcast in this scenario because like well everyone here like absolutely loves free. I haven't seen it all in my You life. need to watch it. You're not a part of Kunai until you've seen free. Oh shit. Damn, wow, okay, that's That's roasting aside here, guys. We have an episode to cover. Yeah, exactly. So, funny enough, this is based off a light novel, as these these shows tend to be. From what I know, Kyoto Animation only covers light novels. They don't tend to do original animations. And before the animation that we're going to be watching, Kyoto Animation released a um, YouTube series with the same name. And it was like six-minute shorts introducing us to the characters, etc. But we're not talking about that. We go and talk about anime so it aired into it aired in 2012 this is the first season and it's 12 episodes basically it's about these these high schoolers that deal with chunibyo syndrome which is like how do you explain basically it, angsty teenager phase 
Like, yeah, it's th- like think of that basically. The, crin- the cringy moments in your in your teenage years. Um, from like what I know, it's it basically it's basically like growing up while maintaining that like childlike imagination. Exactly. And so. like acting yeah. upon it. That's that's what it is, and it's about these kids that are going through high school and dealing with that and trying to break away from that. There's also a love story within it, but we'll talk about that further on. I really want to get into first impressions, guys. Okay, so my experience with this show actually didn't begin with season one. It began with season two. What the fuck? Dude, what? Okay, Okay. let me me explain. Let me explain. Okay, so a friend of mine in high school, like shout out to him, uh, he he recommended this show to me called uh, Love Chinibio and Other Delusions. It looked like I liked the art style. I liked... I, I like the character designs. So I'm like, sure, I'll give it a shot. Um, and so like, I the funny stories that I didn't like really know. I didn't know like the full name at the time. So I ended up starting with the second season before watching the first season. Did you ever finish the f- second season? I only watched like one or two episodes because around that time I found out that I was watching the second season. But uh, but I mean like, so I kind of do. I, I'm kind of familiar with like the care. Like I'm kind of familiar with Rika and Yuta. Like I have seen them before. So like, but if like after, since it's been so long since I've seen that second season, I felt like the first season was still kind of fresh to me, so I went into it. Like I, I saw the first few episodes. I, I was formally introduced to them this time, and I, I like it. Like I really, it. There's something about it. Like something very like natural about the like the like like when we're introduced to Yuta, introduced to Rika, like these other characters like Makoto. And like they kind of interact with each other, and like it's also natural. It's like because the like, anime usually exaggerates a lot, but although the show has a lot of exaggerations, like a lot of it's still felt natural, especially at the beginning. So it left a good like impression on hmm. me for the rest of the could, show. Could you give an example of that actually? Because uh, like when I don't know if I agree. Uh, it's it's like when like Yuda and Rika were like always interacting. Like when it's it's like she's, it's like when like Rika was like acting. Like, all Chinibio, it's like, Yuta would come in to, like, give, like, a subtle knock on the head. That That's exactly it, though. Because I always felt that, like, you know, for the first two episodes, I was like, damn, this is like, if you could make an anime about cringing, this is your show. Because, like, I just remember Yuta, like, cringing to death every time that Rika would try to approach him, right? And, I, in fact, I remember during the first two episodes, he kind of tries to run away from her. Right, but, I mean, the exaggerations are presented there. Like, I, I like I saw them in the beginning. I'm not saying they're not existent. I'm just saying, like, there are also a lot of moments where, like, more than I've, like, I've seen, like, in a lot of other shows, like, there were instances where, like, it... Like, the interaction just felt natural. It's, like, something that I could see. It's, like, situations where, like, I'd see people in real life interacting in this way. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah, like, that's those are basically my impressions. I I liked it. It was a good introduction, and, like, I was... It definitely set a good tone for me for the rest of the show. All right. Kevin, I'm really interested to know your first impressions, right? Because this was a show that I decided, okay, we're going to watch on the fly. It was very... You didn't have enough time. It it was a substitute. For a show that we will not, that shall not be named, because okay, but, you know, dear God, we already mentioned it in Kaiji. So no, what if oh, I bleep God. that in the Kaiji episode? No one will know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, anyway, mention it now, so I mean, we'll see how that goes. I'll bleep it again, man. Just uh, yeah. So, w- what did you think, Kevin? Because you had limited time. On it. Unlike Joe, I did not have much experience at all. I did have some experience with it, I guess, in the sense that I saw some fan art because you know, uh, Chinibyo has a lot of fan art, especially on any Twitter. It right? has a lot of memes as well. It has a lot of memes, yeah. 
because it is a very memeable anime, right? But other than just what I saw in passing in my timeline, I did not read the light novels. I didn't watch the the web series at all. So I really came into this blind, right? And uh, well, it's really weird as a show, right? As it's meant to be. And because of that, right? Because it focuses on Shunibyo, right? And like, for those of you who don't know, maybe we didn't define Shunibyo adequately in the beginning. It's not some normal, um, weird teen angsty phase that you have in middle school, right? But like, this is like that taken to the extreme. So just think of someone in cosplay, but like they, they live out their cosplay 24 seven. This is what Junibyo is, right? And because it's so extreme, um, I, fo I found it really funny and stuff, but I could not really relate to it in the first few episodes, right? Because, yeah, we all had our little weird phases in, in middle school, right? But nothing to this degree. So I was like, I don't know, I'm not feeling a, a connection quite yet. I'll, I'll stay on, all right? Because it's interesting, it's well animated, the characters are dynamic and stuff, right? And I'll just see where this rabbit hole leads, right? So I was really uncertain. It could really go either way for me in the first episode. To emphasize on that point, like I do, I I do understand how like what you what you mean by that because they don't really give you much context at the beginning. It's really just like oh, there are these people who have who are Junibio, and are, and they yeah they throw you right into the thick of the action. Yeah, like right? there's really so. no like exposition or context to it. It's hmm. just there, and like yeah, so I can see how that would like set it like a, a different tone for you. Honestly, though, before before we get into that, I wanted to ask you guys. Um, I wouldn't. I wasn't really able to relate all that much to Trimio because my quote-unquote Trimio back in middle school was, well, me, like, secretly watching anime and reading manga, right? Um, so I just want to ask you guys, like, do you have a phase like this? Could you guys relate to this to this show when you guys first started it, or...? Yeah, I, I think I can. When when I... I just want to give a backstory of how I kind of got into the show before I give you an answer to that. Uh, when I got into the show, it was it was a certain time of my life. You know, I just I watched the simulcasted. So was this a friend's recommendation, or did you get into this yourself? I was just casually looking through. I didn't have any anime to watch, new anime. I just finished Stony. Um, Hen sorry, Henneko. I just finished Henneko, and I was like, okay, I oh, watched, the memories. I watched Hagen. Um, <laughs> I watched Henneko and whatever. And I was like, this is 2012, and I'm like, oh, shit, man. I'm relatively new to anime. What can I watch? So I went on some forums. Uh, just some weird random forums. There wasn't. It's not my anime planet or my anime planet. Oh my god, they should merge. Um, anyway, um, so it wasn't anime planet or my anime list or anything like that. It was just some weird forums. So I went on it and then someone recommended this anime. They said, "Hey, look, this is a new simulcast. You guys should go and watch it." I came in around uh, around the time episode five was simulcasting, so I watched it from the beginning and I started to binge. But it was. Um, it hooked me in from the first episode. I think for me, I did relate to it a lot. I did relate to it because there was that, those cringy moments. I had those cringy moments. I was I was a Junibia. Like, I'll be real with you. Like, when I started... Okay, Dark Flame Master. Dark, dark Flame Master. That was me. <laughs> I, I was that kid. I, I Literally, I was that kid. So I, I really felt such an emotional connection to the anime from the beginning. And I think that helped me continue um, and such. And I, I believe... I believe I was watching this anime with a friend, uh, and it wasn't Daniil. Big shout out to this guy called Kevin. My man, Kevin, he knows who he's talking about. He knows who he is. He um, not this one. Not, not, not Kevin from Kunai, but Kevin, he knows who he is. Really awesome guy. Thank you for all your help and support over the years. But yeah, so I was watching the anime with Kevin at the time, and it was just really good. 
and I really loved it. And it, it like I said, it got me hooked. And because I was a Chunibyo, like for the most part. And I think I didn't really get out of it until uh, end of high school. Really, really like into the game. So I felt I felt the pain that Yuta was feeling. I felt the cringe as he was cringing. You know, that's that's but that's me. Yeah, now that you bring it up, like, I mean, even though I couldn't relate exactly uh, because of how extreme the Trinity was, I could definitely feel for all the cringy moments, right? When you look back at yourself in your middle slash high school years, and you're like, fuck, how, how did I have any friends back then with, you know, all the weird obsessions I had? For me, it's like listening back to the old episodes of, of the original Get Life podcast. It's like, fuck, man, that's so, so, oh, I can't, I can't handle it. Like, every time I listen to those, I feel exactly like Yuta, you know, where, you know how he's rolling on the floor and he's like, ah, oh, no, 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 no. It's like, it's, it's the same feeling. So I really related to him in that sense, at least from the first episode. And that relation, the fact that I related to him got me hooked into the anime, which I'm really happy about. I wouldn't exactly say that I, like, was a Chinibio. I was Chinibio back then. I would say, uh... It was more like, because I, recently I've developed, well, I mean, I guess you could say it's been something that's, I've kind of been developing for, like, a long time, like, for a few years, uh, I've developed, I've gone into, like, developing stories. It's like, there's something, like, something about just writing stories and, it's like, conceptualizing them and thinking of, like, these, like, like, creative, like, story points that sort of kind of weave into, like, a huge plot. Like it's so that is- basically, Joe wrote fanfics and delusions. Oh, um, well, <laughs> I mean, not like director of fanfics, man. I mean, not like fanfics, like my own like creative works, like nothing like based off of anything. It's more like I just kind of like, what if I could just create my own story? Like, like although like I, I don't really write much, I usually just daydream a lot, just like thinking about these th- different stories. But anyway, like, like when I was younger, I would often put myself in those stories like as like the like the big hero and like i would basically act out like the stories in my head and like i would usually place myself in like video game universes that i've already known like nintendo universe and such and like i would imagine myself just like going through those universes and just like working alongside to the main the main protagonist to to destroy the antagonists and okay and so, like, even though it wasn't, like, something that you people saw on the outside, it's something that really happened in my mind a lot. Just, like, putting myself at the center the center stage. So, All right, okay. So, it's, like, Chunib- like, so I guess you could say it's, like, Chunibyo in a different sense. Uh, I think that lasted until uh, around the end of high school as well. I mean, although, like, even now, like, I still kind of... I guess you could say even now, I still kind of like putting myself in the center of these stories, but that's usually... It, instead of just, like, imagining myself... Any stories I use as more of like a tool to help me like think of ideas to put in the stories, so that like it kind of helps me develop characters and like plot points. But yeah, that's that's basically it. <laughs> All right, Bish, we're so sorry here. Um, I know that you guys, well, you wanted to talk first, right? But you kind of got shafted. So I want to find out what were your first impressions when you watched the show way back in 2012, and like has it changed at all? Compared to when you rewatched for Kunai, I'll be honest with you. I'll start with my first first impressions. Right uh, when I first watched it, as I mentioned before, there was this, you know, I related to it a lot. But not only that, I watch it and it feels very very human. Like it starts off, you know, it's very human things, human emotions that we go through. It's it's relatable, as I mentioned. So that's what hooked me in. The second time watching it for Kunai, 
it, it's been such a long time since 2012. It's been more than uh, five years. So I'm I'm watching it. I can't even remember anything about the anime, and it, it's it's just fresh. When I'm watching it, it's just fresh, and it feels I don't know. It feels like wearing a fresh pair of pajamas when your your bed sheets are just made. Do you see what I mean? Like that's what it feels like. <laughs> I, I can relate. Like that's specific. not really, but <laughs> that's the feeling. Interesting I get. analogy. It's like wearing your new Christmas pajamas the day before Christmas, and and running downstairs and opening your Christmas presents. That's how I felt. It's it's very odd actually, but I did feel like that. And especially when when watching it the first time, I do remember certain elements of, of the anime. I was watching certain parts of the anime while outside, so I was experiencing the anime, the scenes of the anime. As I'm walking in my own in my own world, right in my own scenes, like when I'm walking, I was uh, there was one point I I was used to do a lot of running back in the day, and I did a lot of exercise, and I was watching the anime to kind of pass the time, and it was dark, and there was a moment when it was dark in the anime, and there were moments within the anime that made me feel warm when I didn't need a coat, right? It was freezing outside. You know, England's very freezing, right? It was freezing. <laughs> Sorry. Well, not Just... not not compared to, to Canada, but you Sorry. know you know what I mean. It <laughs> it does get quite cold. It's um, yeah. yeah. But it, you know, I was I was running outside and I wasn't wearing a jacket. But there were certain moments where I I felt the anime warmed me up, and and it's still like that. Even even today, um, I would just rewatching. So, so the magic is still of, there. The magic is still alive. The fire is still burning. It still heats me up, um, and it's. It's it's just beautiful. That's what I thought about it then, and and I think about it now in the same way. Although I my opinions have slightly changed because when rewatching it, I did there were some circumstances in my life that kind of clicked with this anime, and I thought, shit, man, my opinions have changed on certain characters since I originally watched it, and I relate to other characters more than others. Um, huh. Okay. Could you say that in a way it felt like it was meant to be watched twice? Exactly, especially for me, it felt like fate because when I was originally watching it, I was dealing with this Chunibyo thing, right? And and it would kind of help me get out of it. And I know it's a bit weird for me to say that, but it, it did kind of help me get out of it, and it gave me confidence watching this anime. Um, and then now rewatching it, it's put a lot of my life into perspective. I know we don't get personal on Kunai, but it, it, as an anime, it just it it just made sense to me, to my life. And it's a very personal thing, and I, and I think anime can be a very personal thing when it's done correctly. And this is uh, the example in question. Um, I'm I'm really interested for you guys. I really want to know your favorite moments and episodes of this anime. And I want to start with Kevin, and I have a feeling it's going to be the um, beach episode. Is that is that right? No, actually. Oh, is it um, not? Well, hang on. If I recall, sorry, it's just I don't remember the beach episode too, too well, but that was in the first six episodes, wasn't it? I believe so, yes. Okay, um, I'll be honest, I don't have a whole lot to say about favorite moments in episodes. This doesn't mean there weren't any, all right? I did note, though, that from the get-go, from episode two, all right, with, you know, the, the first battle between Toka, the bigger sister, or the priestess, as she calls her, and um, Rika, I noted that it was super well animated, all right? So that's not necessarily a favorite moment, but that was just the beginning of... No, the battles, and I, I find that the battles deserve a shout out on their own because they're just so well done, right? From I agree. The, the top animations and stuff. Every battle, regardless of what episode it is, it's in, is a highlight for me because it's just so well done, right? And it kind of reflects the imagination of Rika and the characters, right? It's done really well. Other than that, I have to admit, and I think you guys will agree with me here, that my 
favorite episodes in this series are towards the end, not so much towards the beginning. It was kind of a, a slow start for me. Um, episode seven for me was pivotal because finally I was like, yes, we're getting into some juicy stuff, right? Because in episode seven, uh, if I recall correctly, is when they actually go to visit Rika's grandparents, right? With Toka and everyone else, right? So finally, it's it progresses from this introduction arc where you're getting to meet all these new characters to actually fleshing out the characters, um, the, the main characters of this show, all right? And the two other episodes I, I think deserve a mention are episode 11 and 12, right? Because they're 11 and 12 are basically two sides of the same coin, right? Because Eleven focuses a lot on her finally getting out of her Trinibule phase, and Twelve is kind of like, oh shit, maybe I went a bit too far, right? In so, a way, it's like a two-parter um, because like, it's established it is. in episode 11 and then it's like concluded in episode 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, because uh, if you'll remember, at the end of episode 11 and 12, there's always the to-be-continued, right? Whereas at the beginning, there wasn't so much that. It was more like a, a slice of life, right? So 11 and 12 really speak to me because just the way that the characters are handled, specifically, I would say, Rika and um, and uh, Yuta, it's really well done, right? Because there's a lot of back and forth between um, how their characters change from, you know, initially going from one extreme, you know, rejecting Trinibio entirely and forgetting about all that, trying to become quote-unquote normal high schoolers, right? Um, to kind of ex- finding this nice middle ground between the two extremes of, you know, it's part of me. I shouldn't be ashamed of it. Right? And so those two episodes, I think, are just objectively the best in the series. How about you guys? Yeah, I'll go on this one. I think my favorite episodes, it's not the um, swimsuit episode. Like, you know, Why do we always, always bring think, up the swimsuit episode? Because I have to. This is Kunai. We have to bring up swimsuit episodes. That's just part of life. You know what? Bish, Bish, you're, you're telling us. You're telling us that it's not your favorite episode. But I think that... Um... Bish, most of them suck, though. Secretly my favorite episode. No. Um, one of my favorite episodes actually was the first episode. The first episode was one of my favorites. The reason is, is because you're first introduced to the whole fighting, right? And you're introduced to Rika. And you know how she, like, escapes from her room and... You know, the way he just grabs her feet as she comes down the stairs, like, uh, sorry, down the rope. And it's like, whoa, this guy has some really small hands, first of all. Uh, secondly, it, it's so delicate. Like, the way her feet touch that um, the window I love how I love how this is what Bish focuses on. <laughs> no, it's these small details. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't have a so, fetish, um, but it's like... Guys, what Bish is actually trying to say right no, now don't is that do he wants thing. you to know that he has a foot fetish. I don't. Right? I don't. So, um, Joe, I think that we should both take action and declare Bish director of foot fetishes because no, he you, just came out you today. Can't, you can't <laughs> do that to me. Um, but it's those small details like that. It's also the fact that, you know, the way that she walks... And the way that the characters interact with each other in within that first episode. The way that the right foot goes in front of the left foot. Shut up. Shut up, up, Joe. Just always going back to the feet, huh? Fuck you guys, man. (laughs) Fuck you guys. Um, The the interactions and and the... um, 
I think even the battle, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, there was the battle between Rika and her sister. No, that, that was episode two. Okay. Episode two. Well, episode See, two. He, he was so captivated I, by, by the, the feet, feet, he completely forgot what happened in that episode. He just, you know, in, his, in his notes, in his, in his, in his we'll, episode notes. We'll have a notes. nice long talk with Bishop about it later, but for now I Afterwards. We'll have a, we'll have a, meet, a monthly meeting about the foot fetish, and it's going to be an intervention, right? But, um... But yeah, regardless, that the 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 first fight that was a really good, like um I was so confused at it by first when I when I was originally watching it because I was like she has a ladle how the fuck did a ladle become that and then I realized this is Rika's imagination, um and the way that it's showing the difference like you know you're getting into the imagination and then you're seeing what's actually actually out. happening yeah. it's quite funny but the same way it's done in such a good way. And it, it grounds the anime in realism. And it's like, damn, that's what she thinks. And she has such a... It just shows how vast her imagination is. That, you know, that the directing she, for those scenes was, was top-notch. It not is, yeah. And that's why, especially the first fight scene was one of my favorites. One of my favorite moments. Um, another one of my favorite moments was Deco Mori. Um, not when she was introduced. I, you know... It was the, the moment when Dekomori was um you know you know the intervention of Dekomori when when Yuta was telling Dekomori, you know, you need to stop this foot fetish of your No, I'm joking. Um, oh my god, no. Where no, I'm I'm sorry. I had no, but it was You're during the, the intervention scene. You're the one that's just bringing us back you down. You know, you got, earth. you got you got you got to laugh at yourself, right? You got to laugh at yourself. You got to meme oh, yourself. Oh, that's the thing, Joe. He he doesn't want to get away from it. He's he's desperately trying to bring it back to them secretly. That intervention, you know when he's like you know, nothing is real. And I was like, what the fuck? It's, it's such... It's Oh, yeah, at the, at the end. Okay, no, you confused me. Cause you, yeah. And it was that intervention. And then, you know, the next the next yeah. day, she's wearing her hair as normal. But it, that, it that was, was in episode 11, right? Yeah, and yeah. I, I got a comment. Um, Sorry to interrupt, but... Sure. I don't know if you guys noticed, but because you, you brought up the whole juxtaposition between their imaginations and what's actually going on, right? Um... I got a comment on that one scene because I think that that is actually the best fight scene out of all of them. And I'll explain why, okay? Because it is during that scene that I noticed that the juxtaposition perhaps meant something a little bit deeper than we initially thought. Because in the in the first few episodes, right, for most of the season, the juxtapositions, I think, are just there for comedic purposes, right? Just You're seeing this one exaggerated imagination um, of what, you know, the Komori and Rika are dreaming up of and what's actually going on, right? So it's really funny. But in that scene, it's not just used for comedic effect. It's actually kind of showing you the contrast between reality and what and the reality that Dekomori and Rika have created for themselves, right? This this world of lies, right? So just showing the, the difference between what Dekomori thinks she's doing, right, versus what she's actually attacking Yuta with is kind of... I kind of, it's kind of pitiful, really, right? Because um, it shows you how, how frail their their little chunibyu is, right? And that it kind of drives a point home that Yuta's trying to make, that, you know what? Hey, yeah, okay, you can imagine all you want, but at the end of the day, none of that is real, right? Reality is what matters here. Exactly. Um, one of my, my, my last favorite moment was... When they're trying to set up the club, it, it kind of reminded me of Haganai only because of the club setting. Not nothing else kind of reminds me of Haganai in that sense. But when me they more go, of Yamada -kun. The, the, one of my favorite moments within that episode was when when Rika's like, "Oh, I have this spirit within me, of this British girl 
who was alive oh in the Victorian God. times. Her name was Catherine or something like that. <laughs> yes, Catherine. Uh, and then she's, <laughs> the fucking teacher shuts her down. And yeah. the, t- the way the teacher shuts her down kills me, man. It kills me inside. And she's like, she goes along with it. And she goes along with up. it and she fucks her up and she fucks her over like that. And I'm like, shit, man, this teacher, she is a boss. Like she thought about it. Out, like if I ever had a teacher like that, and I do had, I did have teachers like that, right? But if if I ever had a teacher do that to me, I would have been like, touche, man, touche, GG. In that moment, I was like, get wrecked. <laughs> that is a get wrecked moment, and and I I just wanted to bring up because it just got me laughing. I that was a point where I was laughing so hard, I almost pissed myself. Like it was that funny. Was that funny? Joe, I'm really interested to know your favorite moments and episodes within this anime. Okay, so the, the show, the show as a whole, was good fun, and I don't really mean to go too deep into the plot, like with our favorite moments, but like to me, the show wasn't about like these comedic moments, these like the introduction of these different characters, um, like like the the discord between uh, Dekomori and uh, Nibutani. Like it was, it was Rika and Yuta's story. If you ask me honestly, Chunibyo is really—it's—it's it's a tragedy wearing the mask of a lighthearted comedy. It is right. it, because because it has so many like dark implications. Like it goes really deep into like like the psych the psychology of being Chunibyo, and that's something that I, I'd say more me. so the second half though. Yeah, the second we'll the second half second. like that's like the second half is without a doubt my favorite. Because like the first half, it like it felt like that like slice of life, like comedy. But once when it got to the second half, like that's when the story started picking up and we got a lot more exposition than we did previously. Do you um, think that they did that on purpose? Like, do you think it was structured in a way to to draw people in to make them think, hey, look, this is the slice of life, you know, comedy, romance, comedy shit, I wanna and then just th- hit I- hard with the with the drama. To answer your question, I I, I want to say that maybe the first half was more of like a giant hook mm. to to get you into it, but like the but the second half was when the show like truly started and ended. Um, it's be, like I'd say like those moments, like the mo- like the moments of like facing reality, like compared to being Tunibio, like finding the middle ground. Mm. And, like, those moments with Yuda and Rika, especially, like, no, not especially, specifically, like, those moments define the show for me. Those are, without a doubt, my mm. favorite moments throughout the entire show. Just seeing them okay. together, just interacting, and, like, we're, we're, like, as we learn more about, like, Rika's past, Yuda's past, and, like, just seeing everything come together, like, it, it made, like, Let's just say, like, my eyes watered, like, twice during the second half. Like, I was on the verge of tears. What, what moments specifically, though? I'd, I'd like to know. Just, no, like, specific moments. It's just, like, when you see, like, you Is there, is there not, Rika, like, any particular scenes that, like, well, nothing in come particular, to mind? Or... Just, well, I mean, for example, when, uh, when, like, Rika is about to fall off the school building, and then Yuta, then Yuta comes and and helps her and like like for the rest of the episode it's just them like holding each other close like that moment like was beautiful was it the episode where they hugged for the first time 
Yeah, it yeah, was that it one. It was the episode yeah. because like just seeing her cry, like just seeing her cry after like almost falling off, like just being with Yuta, and then Yuta just holding her close, like it it is heart wrenching. Like the show, the show, I have to say, the show did a very good job at capturing the moments. It's like when like during like at the times where the show was meant to get serious, they they hit it out of the park. I I agree there. Um, it. This show really shines when it fully exploits the development of its characters. Um, but what you, you say, Joe, I actually think it's a perfect segue for us into the story, all right? Because the story in this show is, it's one of a kind, right? And like you said, the tragic moments, right, with the character interactions between Yuta and Rika, they're really the bread and butter of this series, right? It's Honestly, it's why I would probably recommend this for people. Like, those, those last two episodes alone make this show worth a watch, right? Um, but, as you said, those episodes define the show. But I don't think that you can just consider those episodes, right? Because... It's just those were my favorite moments. It's just with, like, the story alone. Like, I like the story, I... Like, during, during the entire plot, I couldn't... I couldn't think about anybody other than Rika and Yuta. Like all these other characters had a had a, like an, a good role in it, and Makoto was the com- and then Makoto is just the common shoe of the of the show. Like unfortunately, but like you had all these different characters that were interesting. But like in the end, this like the show was the story of Yuta, the story of Rika. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But then I want to know. Um, everyone's thoughts actually on the first half of the show, all right? Because we've kind of been glossing over it, right? And I think we should get into it because, um, just yeah. sorry, just because, yeah, we say that the the show focuses on Yuta and Rika, right? They're pivotal to the way the story develops. But I feel that the first half of the arc, which is like your standard introduction arc, was less well done in terms of pacing, um, just because it they're was little character development in those those first few episodes. I want to know if you guys feel the same way. Like, do you did you feel that the show had some pacing issues in terms of the story and stuff? Or the let's just say like I didn't. I mean, although I love the second half to death, like I I feel like this the second half redeemed the show in a lot of ways. Um, I didn't like I didn't like how it was basically like half the epi- like half of just nothing but like the common slice of life stuff and then like suddenly and then having like a second half of nothing but exposition yeah if you ask me actually the the first half and the second half are so different that i'd kind of label them under separate genres right because if you look at the first half it's lots of slice to life uh sorry not slice to life slice of life elements to it right there's no concurrent story arcs yeah exactly there's there's this con- continuity between episodes right and there's some actual focus on the characters past and their relations with each other right so the first half if you just watch the first six episodes right um you would have been like oh yeah this is just some sort of like cutesy moe um comedy show but the second half reveals a whole different nature to it right and i i'm just disappointed that they didn't they weren't able to even it out across the whole season for me, it felt like there was too much of a rupture at episode six when they transitioned between these two phases. Like, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that 
the transition didn't feel natural. It's like it it, it wasn't like easing our weight. It, it really didn't. Like it was it kind of like it brought us. It's like it brought us like it was like we were on a boat to like and then like halfway like through the journey we got to another boat with completely different services and then we got to the port. Um, personally yeah, for me, oh, what like. Oh, I'm sorry, Vish. Um, but I just it's similar to how Hagenai season two played out. It's like at the end where like it suddenly got very serious. It's like I didn't hate yeah. it. Yeah. But it just felt unnatural. Could have been done better. Yes, it could have right. been done much better. It's like that's why this that's it's something similar with uh Chuni with like the show with Chunibio. Like I didn't like how it just went from like six episodes of like oh happy comedy, oh Chunibio, funny stuff to like I I running out of tissues. Please get me some more. Um, personally, for me, I I do agree with the pacing issues, but at the same time, I can understand why they are there. Like, I'm not here to make excuses, but at the same time, I feel that when I was watching the first six episodes, it kind of felt like um, Henneko. Do you see what I mean? There was a lot of the same it, character it tropes. It really did. There it was really the did. character designs were very similar. You know, Yuta like did what? remind Henneko, Hentai Prince, and the Stony Cat. Oh, our very first episode a the very first episode of kunai and it was it felt the same because you know you had the socially awkward character who didn't like to talking to other people you had the one character who has a special not a special ability but the one character who approaches the the hermit character you have the hermit character's sister who is very aggressive and then you have the other side characters as well and you also have a ponta you know makoto is ponta effectively that's at least from what <laughs> yeah. I've seen, right? Um, um, like, you There's know. also the, the gut-wrenching ending. Just, oh my god. Yo, I was not ready for that fucking kick in the gut. Oh. Me, me neither, man. But, me neither. But um, it was specifically with that first six episodes, I think the reason that they've done that was because the reason it's like that and the reason that there is this kind of break and this odd transition is because they've they've written themselves into that. Do you see what I mean? Because they need it. It to, is an adaptation, sure. It, but... It's not just that. It's not the fact that it is that. It's like it's the fact that they introduce so many characters in such a short period of time. Like, they had to introduce them because if you don't introduce them, you're, you're not going to progress the story. But I feel at the same time, it could have worked well with um, either in- introducing those characters within within the um, within the uh, the short series prior to this, and I, they tried to do this. But, you know, obviously no one is going to watch the short series alongside the anime. That's just fair enough. But they didn't need to redo that again if they've already done that within the short series. Like, they just need to build upon it, use that short series as a um, as a tool to move forward, like they did with Free. Do you see what I mean? Um, because of the, the fact that there were just multiple characters, there's more than eight characters that you really don't care about for the most part because the story is about Yuta and Rika. Um... But they have to give them those kind of story elements because it doesn't push forward without it. If you don't know about Dekomori, you don't get Dekomori's demise and the the end of Dekomori. Do you see what I mean? I gotta say something, though. I, I have to agree but disagree here because I don't think that the problem is so much they introduced too many characters too quickly in the first half and they didn't do it properly. It's more so that, okay, I don't really care if you introduce new characters, but firstly, make sure that you introduce those characters so that they're not just two-dimensional for three-quarters of the show, right? Give us a reason to care about them. And secondly, while you're introducing 
your side characters, make sure that your main characters are also being developed. So they're not just, you're not putting the pause button on their development all of a sudden, right? Because and make sure I you don't felt... turn uh, like a character that you thought was a bro at the beginning into another shoe. I mean, yeah. uh, you're talking about um, Tony Butani, right? He, like, he was so, Mako- I loved him at the beginning. Like he felt like such a bro. Like he he was like the Kaito of that show. If Mish would know what I mean. Uh, yeah, I, I get I get what you mean. I I'm talking about Makoto Ishiki, yeah. Like he he felt like a bro at the beginning, but like after like after his like bit of exposition and then like getting his hair shaved off, he became the like the comic relief who was there to kind of like beat up. Yeah, I mean. Those characters, I mean, I eventually grew to like them, but in the first six episodes, I found that, like, they're kind of being detrimental, in a way, to the development of the main characters, because while, you know, you're laughing at, you know, the jokes uh, that these new characters bring in, like, you know, Nibutani actually being very mean, or, you know, kind of, like, teasing and stuff and all that, right? Yeah, I don't like that either, but, I mean, we'll get into that in characters, but my problem was that I didn't feel that, you know... Yuta and uh, Rika changed much during the first episodes themselves because they were focusing so much on these new side characters, right? So they're they're just stagnating all the way throughout the first arc, in my opinion, right? And I think that they could have done it a lot better, right? Everyone was kind of two-dimensional for me in that first arc, so I really had no motivation to care about a lot of these characters, right? And I just find that because of this slow first arc, um, by the time that you know you, you bring up the drama right and the tragedies and stuff in the second arc and specifically in the last few episodes you don't really care for rika and yuta as much as you could because their development in the first episode first six episodes wasn't as good or as in-depth as it could have been right i i agree with that but at the same time i do want to mention that I, it's just an addition to your point um when you talk about this transition there's some episodes that i feel that don't need to be there within this anime right do do you do you understand what i mean like the the whole summer episode and the swims like that did summer episode you talking about the beach one the beach episode yes i disagree i disagree really was that not episode seven was that not episode seven or am i thinking when they go to the grandparents house is that not it it is it but i mean at the same time it's it's part of it i completely disagree then Okay. okay but continue no, it's just to me. It, it's it's under the guise of like, hey, look at this! It's a swimsuit episode. They could have done it in yeah, another that way. Aspect right? d- Do you see d- what I mean? Feel forced. Well, I mean, it was also kind of. It was also kind of. Um, it felt really. It's like bittersweet to me, because you because it felt because that was that swimsuit that swimsuit scene was uh, like followed a like the scene before it where. Uh, where like Rika had like gone back to her hometown and like she's and like she's kind of like ex- like meeting these people who she didn't want to meet again and like she's just quiet the whole time like you can see that on her face it's like once like when the scene starts and like when the scene ends uh, another thing that I wanted to mention it's it's more so also episode six you know the episode where they were talking about oh the cutie the cutie list or whatever like the cute girls list you see you know what I'm talking about. That didn't need to be that, like him shaving his head and. It, it it didn't need to be there, but at the same time, without that though, I think um, Ishiki would have been pretty boring. Like, cause I mean, cause that that episode is when Ishiki comes out as the Brosuke, 
of the the show, right? You're, he's like he's the main bro, and without that little development that he had, you know, like he would been if he stayed the way he was in the first six episodes, and he he re- retained that uh, persona during the last half of the anime, I I wouldn't have taken note of him at all, right? I think that that little development in that scene helped him become more likable in the second half of the show. The whole girls vote felt like a deus ex machina. Yeah, exactly. That's the exact point I was going to say. Because it's like, it, it was there just so we could have, um, I almost called him Shu. <laughs> uh, we almost had... like Oh, because, because God, of, not Shu. Because of that book, because of that like girls vote notebook they had, that's what that's the reason he shaved his head and became the character he is throughout the rest of the show. Mhm. So it's kind of laughable, but I think for I mean it's so for random. Ishiki, like, it was it just took It a- is lame, but I mean it's sort of important for Ishiki. Ishiki himself's like his importance itself can be debated, right? I don't think he's that important other than for like comic relief as you said. Um but I would like to go back to the beach episode here because I think that I absolutely have to disagree with because that is episode 7 when they go to the grandparents' house. And you cannot, you cannot take out that episode because that is when but Now, the show I, I didn't mean to take out the whole episode, the right? But I just mean the, the whole swim. The beach moment? The beach moment okay. was unnecessary for me okay. because it felt like, oh, this is another romantic comedy, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, when they got into the whole grandparents thing and, and revealing that her, you know, father passed and stuff. It, that was a revelation for the anime. It was a pin. It was a pivotal point within the anime, and that's I think when the anime started to change and become this more dramatic for the show. Better. For yeah. the better, yes, I do agree with that. But it's just that beginning part, you know, with the swimsuit. For me, it just felt very out of place, um, and it was just. And I, I really want to just go back also to the um, Makoto part as well because I, I don't think I really said it properly. You can take that episode out. And then just take out Makoto, and it wouldn't change the anime in, in in, in the anime in any way. It does kind of give because um... at the end of the day, yeah, it, it is a show that focuses on Yuta and Rika, right? Makoto, Niutani. I mean, the, the only real side character, in my opinion, or side characters rather, that really matter are people associated, well, directly associated with Rika, like her her family, her mother, her father, or sister in particular, right? And Dek- Dekomori. To be honest, I think we could have used our time better if we didn't have Makoto on the show. <laughs> exactly. Exactly so. And Then again, then again, I will play the devil's advocate, guys. I will play the devil's advocate and say that without that, like those moments of comic relief, it would have been hella depressing. It would have been really fucking depressing, right? So you, you do kind of need a little bit of humor. Yeah, but right? it, was, it was done in the wrong way. It was done in the wrong way, actually. And allow me to bring up Henneko again, because I do think that this show... I don't know what it is, but it reminds me of Henneko in just so many ways, right? And unfortunately... No, well, it is kind of Henneko because, you know, the parents are dead. It's, no offense. Yeah. And it's like the same sort oh, of characters. Spoilers. Oh, oh, spoilers. So, whoa, whoa. If you guys haven't seen that kunai episode, then fuck you. That's it. <coughs> oh, wow. Shit. Savage. Okay. Um, But, yeah, unfortunately, one aspect in which it reminds me of Henneko is... When watching Henneko, I remember saying that, unfortunately... It balanced the, the drama and the tragedy very poorly with um, 
with a comedy, right? Because in episode eight, for example, right, there was this whole dramatic conflict between the two sisters, right? When Rika goes back to the house where they once lived, right? And she's like, she's on the verge of tears and stuff and they fight. And right after that dramatic moment, right? Where you're, you're fleshing out Rika's character, you're getting more knowledge on her, her backstory, right? And her relation to her father, you suddenly cut to a beach party. Like, what the fuck? Like, how, how, who decided it was a good idea to cut from a super serious, somber scene to a beach party? It's just, it, these two conflicts, these two genres just conflict way too much. It, I'm not saying that it can't be done well. In fact, you know, comedy and tragedy and stuff, it, they're hard to do at the same time. But it's, it's just a lot of the time, especially in the first half and, you know, even in the second half, they poorly manage this balance. There's just, there's too much juxtaposition and they don't transition well between the two moods that they're trying to set, right? So it's not as funny as it could be because it's depressing, but it can't be as depressing as it could be because you're trying to like suddenly force these comedic moments in between, you know? Um, just about story, I actually think that there's one, or not one scene, but um, one episode that I really, really want to bring up, okay, and that would be the the ending. What did you guys think of the ending of the anime? I know, like, I, I don't really want to talk too much about voice acting right now, but I have to say the voice acting did a very good job of making those moments feel a lot more, like, impactful. It's like, with like with the scene that Bish mentioned earlier with, uh, with uh, Dokomori and, and Yuta, like when Yuta is basically saying like no, oh, no this is real like you're not actually summoning weapons it's like you need to face reality it's like just hearing like hearing you like not Yuta um Dokumori cry like about like, like cry so much about it and like just like kind of facing it it it, it was it hurt it was it hurt like it I felt I actually felt the pain in my chest when I watched that. It's like, I'm like, w why? Like, why did, Why do I have to suffer like this? Why does Kyoto Animation have to make me suffer? <laughs> God damn it, why do I have to watch this for kunai? Right? Yeah, but um, definitely the, the, the motions are really well done. It was moving the last few moments. Um, but I also want to, like, more specifically ask you guys about what you thought about the, the resolution of the anime, right? Like, because evidently... Like we said before, episode 11 is all about getting them to grow up, right? Face reality, right? To throw away these chunibus. But then episode 12 was like kind of like reeling it back in to um, to find this sort of balance, right? She, so she kind of becomes chunibu again in, in certain aspects, right? Did, did you guys that, that evoke an emotion or like any thoughts for um, you? For like, me, it kind of reminded me of this whole persona type thing you know how in persona 4 how how they accept that their um their their inner self it's effectively that like she's come to terms like hey look i this is who i am i am a chunibyo and you know it was endearing it was endearing because it's like it's not necessarily it's a it's a nice ending but it's not necessarily a uh, an ending people would expect people would expect the ending to be hey look 
I'm not going to be a Chunibyo anymore and all my friends are not Chunibyos anymore and we learned from this and we've moved on. But in, in reality, that's not reality, right? And it kind of reflects reality in such a nice way because reality, there is no happy endings. I know I'm sounding so fucking depressing here, but... No, but hang on, hang on, hang on. Are you, are you implying here that it is not a happy ending though, Bish? No, no, I'm not implying that it's not a happy ending, but I'm, it's not the ending we expected. And I think it's not the ending that a majority of people expected. They don't expect her to go back to her Chunibyo um, tendencies, right? They don't expect that. Well, to be fair, I think I did because I was like, realistically, season two is a thing. So yeah, but, they're not but gonna... imagine, imagine <laughs> yeah, watching yeah. this without a season two. It's, it's this anime is this... I mean, to be honest, if it were like if I if I was watching it before season two was announced, I would assume that like oh like she like it wouldn't resolve like I knew it wouldn't resolve in a way that I was expecting, but like at the same I expected something like it was, she was gonna find the middle ground. I I think she that's what ends up happening though. Yeah, that's that is what ends up happening, it, because like in the because in the end like. They were, they were attempting to fix what has already been done. So it was definitely going to be something that wasn't absolutely, like, reality. If you get what I mean. It's like, it's like I'm using context clues. I just wanted to say, when I originally watched this, being it simulcasted and not knowing, not knowing or not knowing that there was going to be a season two, I thought that this was just going to be it. I didn't think there was going to be a season two. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like you, you kind of expect that once you're episode eleven, right? Because you're like, okay, so yeah. al- almost everything's good. Um, she's making friends. Um, you know, her relationship through like Yuta and stuff is really good, and like she's she's come to terms with um, her sister, right? She's getting along with her her mother finally, right? But there's this you can you can sense there's a little bit of unease, right? Because she's not she's not being herself. You know? But the main point that I was bringing in was not necessarily about episode 11. It was about episode 12 uh, because be- first and foremost, this is a romantic anime. This that We can't deny that. It's a romance. And you expect in romances for the, the two characters to get together, and they did. So beyond that, especially for a second season, you don't think of the, how are they going to continue this romance on for a second season. So when I saw that they finally got together in the end and, you know, the, that scene where she's, he's pedaling and she's at the back and she's doing her, her moves to the policeman, right? And I was like, okay, that is, that's just a nice romantic ending. And it, there's not going to be a second season from it. Like, you don't assume, right? It's not the ending that we wanted or it's not the ending that we assumed from episode 11. We assumed that it was going to be, she was just going to be chill, and that's it. You could have ended the anime at episode eleven, and it would have been a whole different story. Do you see? Do you, do you yeah, understand what I mean? Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's what I think about. Okay. My well, I just wanted to bring it up because, yeah, um, definitely. I, the thing is, I can't even say that I wasn't expecting it to end the way it did because I was. Okay. Um, but at the same time, I was I was hoping that it wouldn't. To, to be clear right now, I'm not saying the ending is bad. Um, it's beautifully executed. I'm just saying that uh, there's this little thing at the back of my head here where I'm, I'm kind of afraid that what if, you know, she actually didn't find a middle ground and she's actually regressed back into her old genibule, right? And the reason why this, like, I'm so passionate about this this ending, right? And about, you know, does she or does she not go back to her old Trinibio self? Is because I, f- I think that it's a key, well, it's a, it's a defining moment in her character, right? Because uh, at, 
at its core, right, the story of Chunibyo about Rika is uh, not saying that Chunibyo is bad, right? Chunibyo isn't necessarily bad. The, the problem with Rika's Chunibyo, though, is that she was using it to deny reality, right? And that was preventing her from growing up, from coming to terms with the loss of her father, from seeing eye to eye with her sister and her mother, right? So th the problem wasn't so much the Chunibyo in itself, it was what the Chunibyo was concealing, right? It was more of like, it was a vehicle for her sociopathic tendencies, right? To just deny reality and to just picture a world where everything was as she wanted it to be, a world where her father was still alive, you know? So I, just, I, I was hoping that she would be able to fully ditch it, right? Um, but just, I was, I was going on uh, Anime Planet, all right? And there's this one user that I think puts it quite well, right? Like, I'm, I agree with his opinion 100%. And what he says, it's Firewalker, by the way, shout out to you. Uh, he says, I'm not quite on board. <laughs> I'm not quite on board the way they wound up. I applaud Yuta trying to express his feelings and getting Rika to embrace her own spark. But I wanted there to be a way to do it that was distinct from delusions. Can't there be magic in this world that is not linked to Dark Flame Master? Until they establish the higher, that higher reality, I feel that the story is a bit incomplete. And I kind of agree here so because, like... So, like, were you envisioning something along the lines of, like, she was... She was a realist, but at the same time, she also had that, like, Chunibyo personality? I think that's what the way the anime ended. But it's just that because she... It's just the fact that she goes back, you know, the last scene is she, she goes back down the rope, like, in full Chunibyo attire, right? I was kind of right. afraid that she would go back to this absurd denying reality phase right um and, and no but i think it's she's not necessarily denying reality at that point she's accepting okay what All she right. is as opposed like now now she understands like for me the way i see it is like she understands why she became chunibyo to begin with right and now she accepts it she's like this is me this is what i'm about i'm just gonna be me because for the most part bear in mind for the most part, for like a couple of years, three, let's say three years, she's been like this, right? Since since her father's passing. And how many ever years it is, right? Um, and this is this is another thing that I really want to bring up in, in regards to the, the whole story and, you know, that that story. I, I can tell you for a fact, it's it, no matter how many years passed, you're never going to, um, especially when you're a young child and your father passes, right? It, you're never going to get over. Oh yeah, no, definitely. It's never like... gonna, you're never gonna get over it. It's just, it's, and you're always gonna need a coping mechanism, right? Even if it is that small Chinibyo thing, I, I understand now she's not using it as such, but yeah, it's definitely. still part of her life, right? That's a, that's why I'm hoping it is, right? That's why I'm hoping it turned out. Yeah, and that's that's what it is. And f coming from that, I I can see it. It's like that because even for me, Gaup was a coping mechanism for something else. So it, you know. And it's become much more than than what it was initially. So, and I think it's the same with her Chunibyo. And then that that brings me on to a very important point on on the story and how it kind of made me feel um, when watching it the second time. Because I did mention I did feel slightly differently the second time around. Um, initially, when I watched it, I didn't really care. I like, look, I'll be honest with you. My father passed away in the same sort of fashion. Like, um, so I didn't really think about it when watching it the first time. And then watching it now, 
especially you know it, it's i was watching it during the time that my father would have passed away around 15 years ago but it's now looking at it now it's like wow this is my story i don't want to be i don't want to be that guy right but it, it it got me in such a way like there was moments within the anime that was just snapshots of my life. You watched it twice, but then like like I said these before, characers, it's like watching it at a young age. Yeah, because it, like when you're older, like yeah. it's just the difference. Hindsight's could be, twenty twenty. Yeah, the difference could be complete. Like exactly, like there was there was moments within there that was like, for example, the the moment where when they go up to her and they said, "Oh, do you want to see your father for the last time? It's the last time you're gonna touch him." I had that moment. That was re- that was a real moment for me. And then going to the funeral and then having people that you don't know in a room just there and saying stuff like, oh, I'm sorry for your loss, whatever. And you don't even... And, and there was a line that Rika said. She, like, she didn't realize what actually happened. Do you see what I mean? She didn't realize her father passed. And that was like me. I didn't I didn't realize that. And that's why I kind of related to it in such a way. And it kind of gave me that another emotional connection. And even with characters like, you know with the mum is basically my mum and the sisters like my sister like it's it's the same sort of thing so it just every point just seemed to hit home really hard and it was like shit man like with Rika just looking out onto the beach like on an episode 12 and just saying goodbye to her father like mm. I it was it was beautiful it was it was absolutely like phenomenal just like just seeing like the galactic like visuals and just like just it's like she's looking it, it was almost like she was looking at her father directly and like she said everything she she like she with like all her heart she like said goodbye father she gave herself the closure she needed and it, it felt like it was bittersweet i'm just uh, just i cannot help but shake this little feeling here it's just that throughout while, while watching the anime right with the the portrayal of toka right the older sister right is this like quasi um, antagonists and stuff, right? I just really hope that, because let's be honest, guys, um, this show was probably marketed towards, you know, middle school students or high school students, right? And we know that in that phase of your life, you go through a lot of a lot of shit, right? You're uncertain, you're kind of trying to discover yourself still, right? And I just really hope that people don't misinterpret the show because I don't want you know, middle schoolers and whatnot to interpret this as to come out of this show with message that, okay, so growing up is bad. I should just, there's no reason for me to lose my imagination and blah, 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 whatever, right? I just see reality as an inherently bad thing, right? Because at the end of the day, what I took out of this, all right, was that, you know, it's fine to have a bit of Chunibyo, right? Because as the narrator says at the end, right? Humans are Chunibyo for life in a way, right? But you, you can't see that, you just can't treat reality as this, and growing up is a bad thing, right? Because part of growing up is, you know, toning down the, these delusions and stuff, right? And I, I just felt that, since Rika returned to her her Chunibyo self, right, in a way, that people might that, that people might think that, you know, it's it's hard to explain, sorry. It's just that like, yes, Chunibyo can be important, you know, but is it absolutely necessary, right? So so when she says, for example, in episode twelve, one thing that really stuck with me, right, is that um Yuta uh, and, and Rika are looking at 
the, the lights across the lake, right? And they comment on how lovely they are, right? And But then I think Rika says, oh yeah, but they're just lights from boats. And then she gets saddened by that because she can't she can't imagine them as anything else like her her Chunibyu would, right? Because in the past she's like, oh yeah, those are the invisible uh, the invisible lines, right? And those would captivate her, right? Make it really beautiful. Yeah, invisible boundary lines, right? But I was just sitting there thinking like, do like do those do those lights have to be you know invisible boundary lines quote unquote to be beautiful? Can you not see reality itself as something beautiful without Chunibyo, right? I mean, in the end, that's kind of what they were aiming for. Like it, like with like the middle ground that they were trying to achieve with Rika, it's like she acknowledged that like oh there were just lights in the car, but like at the same time she also real she also found a way to see them as something more. And like because like with the scene with like her father, it's like instead of just seeing them as lights, like with Yuta's help, she was able to see it as something like, like as, as something like that exceeds the bound the boundaries of the universe. It's like she basically saw the invisible boundary line that she was looking for the whole time. Yeah, I was just I just hope people like come out of this anime and, and realize that you know what? hey, Chunbyo is cool and all that, but you don't you don't need it. Right. I think the, the big Just thing because... about the I think the main lesson of the anime was like you it's it's fine to face reality and be yourself. Like it's fine to like be who you are, like act the way like act however you want and still be able to understand like what's important and what's and like like basically well, understand the, reality. Yeah, what a delusion is, and what reality is. Maybe both different shape between the two. Mm-hmm. Like the the uh, it's like the the narrator reading was like just ended it perfectly, in my opinion. Yeah, it's just because oh, man, sorry we spent so much time on sorry on, I mean, on story, story, but is the most it's just important part of this. Of this is show, the most important part of this anime effectively? Um, and I, I think everything eventually leads back to this. You know, whether it be the characters, the the music, the animations. It all leads back to the central point of story, right? So, uh, I really want to spend time on that. Um, but Joe, um, let's move on to characters now, actually, because you know we, we talked a whole lot about Rika and uh, Yuta, but there are some other side characters, right, that do, in the very least, deserve a mention. And I just want to know, like, any of them stand out to you, o- other than um, Makabro, you know? No, like negatively or positively, I was just making a little joke, because I like, got, uh, of course, oh both, of, please, of please, Bokoto, both, of course, Bokoto stood out to me, in a way, in a good that way or bad way, actually, it was a wonderful, way, a lot. it was a wonderful way at first because he kind of felt like that bro you'd have as your best friend, throughout the throughout the show, but then he became a lot more like started around comic like comedic relief, and that that like. Did, did you like that or way. no? No, I did not like that at all. Oh, okay. The changing character just didn't make any sense. No, but to me. like, it, did it, did you find that he was a better character before that change? Or? He was, without a doubt. I loved him oh, much okay. better before the, before that change than after. Honestly, honestly, dude, um, I gotta say that I like the change because I I didn't really see. I, I did not find him to be like all that like he was yeah the bro character before that and after the change he was sort of like you know the comedic relief right um but I found that the him changing to a bro made him funnier right because even in the first six episodes he wasn't 
particularly special. He's kind of like this tropey, one-dimensional side character, right? That was just there for laughs. And the only thing the transition does is, is huh? Before his change. Yeah, I didn't find him to be, yeah, I didn't find him to be like that interesting before. I, I find that the change made him more interesting. Right? He just changed from one trope to a different trope. He, it wasn't like they made a super complex, de like developed and fleshed out character into a trope, in my opinion. I guess what I'm saying is that they handled this character poorly. Like, they could have maybe, like, ordered it. Not ordered it, but, like, just, like, built it in a different way. It's it's similar to uh, how I felt about Nibitani. Oh, okay. If you want to talk about... Ooh, hang on. Um, because here's... Because there's I've got a to rant about like... that. <laughs> oh I've got to fucking rant about that. I'm sorry. I, I loved her character beforehand. Like, I was fine with her being, like, the... Like, just, like, handling the, the class president trope. I was fine with her just being her. Like, I loved her personality. And then you get to, like, when you find out she's a Chunibio, and then, like, her character just, like, gets destroyed... Yeah, it 180s and like it goes from like a character who has the potential to grow to a character who like just has to deny that she's a popular Chunibio over and over again. When you're talking about that before, right, um, with with Ishiki, right, and you're kind of disappointed about the, the transition, right, like before and after the midpoint of the season, I feel the same way about Nibutani. Because before um, the whole dramatic reveal about who she actually was in like the first two episodes, I was like, yo, that that's like best character material right there, right? And then the change, oh my god, it was... It's not so much the change itself that was bad, but I, I, I feel that before, um, her relationship with uh, Yuta could have like blossomed into something, you know, a bit more complex and a bit more fleshed out, right? But what ended up happening, I feel, is once big reveal happened for Nibutani, her character was basically just a trope. The only thing she really did was she fought with Takumori. That was the only thing she did until like episode 12, okay? And in episode 12, she kind of exactly. comes in... Well, I mean, episode 11, hmm? I think. Episode yeah, 11. episode 11. Because like you, like, she has that moment with uh, yeah. Takumori. That, that, like, when that was a good moment, right? And the, the moment at the end of the anime where she's like, uh, I, I think that... Um, yeah, it was Utah. I mean, honestly, like outside of her like Chinibio persona, Deku Mori was a very was like a very nice character. Ah, uh, I don't, I don't. I, well, I mean, like, I mean, no, not, like, not nice in the sense that she was good. Nice in the sense that like she wasn't like she wasn't as like bratty. Because if like she, I don't know, man. She like, she had saying, that like, outside. Like, she her... had that persona up until literally episode twelve, where she finally changed. Like she, she did. Oh, I know exactly. That was the only real glimpse we had. But the, from like from what I saw, it's like she didn't seem. Like oh a bad no, person. none of them are bad like people. Her... It's just the way that their development was handled was, I think, bad because like they're they don't change at all for eleven episodes, and then suddenly there's this huge change at the end, right? So it's like, exactly. I wasn't expecting that. I don't really care. I, mean, I was either. fine with her being like this. I, I was fine with her like fine with Nibatani being timid. Like, I was fine with her being, like, this timid individual, because that's what she yeah, seems like. Yeah. Like, and, like, but, like, who, while she was hiding, like, a secret, like, I, I don't persona, mind the change, though. That's the thing. I, just I don't want to give people the impression that I'm mad about the change and that I wanted Nibutani to stay the way she was in episode one and two. It's not the change that is a problem. It's, at, it's 
it's the stuff that happened after the change. The fact that she literally does not evolve until episode 12, right? Until the conversation that she has with Yuta. I mean, both cases are true for me, so I mean, I don't, I don't know how to defend myself from that. <laughs> yeah, what about you, Kevin? Well, I mean, actually, before I, before I get to you, I do want to mention my, like, favorite characters. Um, of course, it's like... Yuta, wait, wait, guys, Rika, guys, before we continue, like, um, I want to find out what Bish thinks about Ishiki and Nubutani, though, because, you know... Uh, Ishiki, man... Uh, at the beginning, I was uh, when I initially watched it, I was like, "This guy, he's my bro, my my man, Ishiki." But then afterwards, after he shaved his head, it seemed like such a bro trope in anime. It's like, I know, but I'm yo, doing it was for the he bros, not a bro? Doing it was for he the not sake a bro trope bros. before that though? He was a bro was, trope before episode he, six though. He was right. No, no, he was, but no, no, I, yeah, I'm was. not talking about that. I'm talking about afterwards. I didn't like him after the. After the, you know, the, what, the bro what, sacrifice. Why did you like him before the bro sacrifice, but not after the bro sacrifice? Be- because he he was, he was, he was like Nagisa, you know? No, I'm joking. No, he, he was just, I don't know. He's like, he's such a perv, right? I like that. I like that about him. And then he became like, oh, I'm so love struck. And, you know, I got this. He's just your average middle schooler boy, man. <laughs> no, he's the kind, he's the kind of guy who's just like obsessed over females, but he isn't exactly a pervert. No, but you know what I mean. Like he's he's that guy, you know, the wingman, let's say. But you know, his his main his main thing his main thing was like I'm gonna join the Kaon Club. That was a reference to Kaon, by the way, when they when they main when they mentioned that um, I'm gonna join the Kaon Club because girls love guitars. That's that I found funny, and you know, it was it was interesting, right? And even the whole story with him getting the um, the love letter and all that kind of stuff, and then afterwards. It was concurrent because she only confirms, you know, the fact that nobody, because nobody shows up only after he shaves his head, right? So it was kind of at the same time. I know, but but I'm talking about, you know, the period when the hair is growing back and he, then he's like, oh, yeah. oh, senpai, senpai, senpai! I don't like the senpai part. Like that re- just put me off. I was like, fuck you, man. Just stop. What happened to this badass guy like not everyone needs to find love in this anime but yeah. I, I still not everyone needs to find love in this anime and it's like guys, when you like, force it it's not what, good what is so no but it's what's so ship. fundamentally different between him before the change and after the change because he just he his he's hair. a bro look, look. and then he is the the fucking discriminating the against kevin, bald people man like what's no no kevin 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 no kevin you don't understand his hair before the haircut was so beautiful okay so so joe exactly. hang on joe, hang on to, you know to recap folks, um bish has a foot fetish and joe has a hair fetish got it all right what the hell's a hair fetish for guys we, we haven't we haven't forgot it's for guys. Yeah, what there does it goes. mean to have a hair fetish hmm? kevin what does it mean to have a hair fetish no, because like you're defending your point here like i'm asking you why do you like him before but not well, after that was, jo- that was the joke reason no like it's just i because i liked him before is because, but i mean why what what how was he, he different before is my question how was he fundamentally different I mean, okay so before then he's somebody you just met he's somebody who has your back he's somebody but who, he like, still has, like, has the guy's you. back though after the like if anything the, the, no, that's, that's the sacrifice not saying. Saying shows how much he has your back we're not saying no kevin we're not saying that it isn't. It, we're not saying that disappears when he changes. We're saying that he maintains it, but at the same time, he also be like he also develops these characteristics that just make him a lot less likable. But which characteristics, though, is a exactly. question. The senpai's character. He, he's a man. That, it's because he's a man. That put me off the edge. No, like Kevin. Okay, name name 
his role like name one thing that he did that was very important to the story i'm i'm not saying yo my, my point is he's an unimportant character all right but i just don't understand for me he was an unimportant character throughout the entire anime it's not like he suddenly fundamentally went through a change um after episode six right he just his trope changed is my point right so i don't get why it's so divisive for you guys if that makes any sense his trope change was like is what i didn't like because like his trope change and what he what he was as a character just didn't match after episode six because for me i always justified it as you know, the way I saw it was, you know, he, he's just the, the the bros in love, right? He want he he wants to smash. <laughs> what could you say? But it but it felt it, it look it felt forced. It felt it's like oh man, I'm getting all the pussy now. I want to settle down. That's what it felt like. And I was like, no, it's like Bonnie Stinson from How I Met Your Mother. Like you're like oh yeah, I'm gonna get married now. No, it's not that. If, if if it felt forced and it was just like oh here's another girl that's also like who also is pretty much irrelevant the main reason of her being there well to be honest she doesn't really get much character development in this until season two but but um my main point being is that she's only there so that they have another no, she's, member she's only there so they have enough people <laughs> actually not even not even because even with yeah, her they don't have I'm enough saying. people the only reason well, that they they even got the clubs because they agreed to, to clean up the room so actually, she's completely useless. She is, but that's that's beside the point. In in terms of Nibutani, like what I what I thought about her, I liked um, Yuta's thoughts and description of Nibutani more than what Nibutani is. I know it sounds very, very one sided and very like it is. It's an unfair thing, but I I that's just my opinion. I like it more because it's 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 very well. Well, Bish, I I. I'll, I'll I'll say one thing to you, okay? And I think that you should take you should heed the advice or the the moral of the story of this show, and that is, you should take you should accept reality as it is and not as you want it to be. All right, that's all I'll say regarding Nibutani. <laughs> that's true. That's that's true. That's true, right? But at the same time, it's it's like my my favorite part. It is not even her. It has nothing to do with her personality. It was like that dream that he had. Oh, so, you took yep. an itchy. Oh my god! That, that Basically, was... you just wanted her to be best girl. I, I wanted her. I wanted her so hard to be best girl. And and at the beginning, you thought, oh, the anime is pushing it in certain direction. You know, he likes her, and you know, he he wants to have any opportunity to talk to her. And every time he talks to Rika, he's like shunning her away and patting, hitting on the head. I'm and sorry, Bish, you know what I mean? After the introduction of a certain other character that I won't mention yet, like I can't, like Nibutani lost her chance at becoming best girl. Oh, it's fucking Dekamori, isn't it? Um, so when seeing that, the anime steers you in a certain direction and it wants you to, I don't want to get into ships, but it wants you to feel that, hey, look, these two characters are meant to have go with each other, and these are the characters that are going to have the romance. You don't necessarily think that it's going to be with Rika initially, right? Before before we get more character development on Rika, etc. And it's just a shame. Like, I, she could have been much better character than she is if they given her more character development. But the story is not about her. That's that's just standard. Like, I, I accept that. The story is not about her, so they don't necessarily need to delve into the character development, but it, it seemed very cliche. It seemed cliche. It's like, 
you wait, see wait, it in, what, in what a lot seems of games cliche? and a, what the, the 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 way she's acted right like after the change uh not not like after they found out that you know she's a chunibyo etc and then it seems very cliche it's like well, either way it would have been cliche or because like option one is she doesn't go through the change and she is you know the the typical lovey-dovey super vanilla love interest or option b she goes all out tsundere mode right and she tries to deny her her past which is effectively what we got right so either way it was like it was... i like sundere's but i think this was this was an example of sundere's done wrong right a good sundere is tiger from toradora right or a good sundere is name another good sundere right there, there's there's a countless of amazing sundere's but she's not I, one I of them she's not yozora begrudgingly yeah you're... okay exactly yozora i wasn't gonna mention yozora but still it's like those are examples of good sundares, and they're good because then they don't follow. Guys, let's not go back into Haganai territory. But what I'm saying is that <laughs> they don't go deep into the trope. And I've noticed this anime goes deep into tropes. Yeah. Like, Anyone who's not a main character actually is kind of a trope, sadly. He is. He's a trope of a main character. Like, we've even seen. Like, he's the MC. He's the main MC. Just like in uh, Henneko. He's exactly the same. And that, that's, that's what I don't like. Is the fact that with their characters, it's either they're not developed or that they're... they're developed in the exact same way that like a thousand other char- main characters have been developed. Exactly. It and it's like except for obviously except for Rika and um, Yuta, I think they're very but uniquely n- developed. Now that, now that you bring it up, actually, right, but... I kind of had this epiphany just now. It's kind of stupid that I just had it just now, but the reason why um, the main characters of these light novels and stuff act the way they do and why they're so predictable is because it's kind of what we would do if you were in that situation, right? They they want the main character to be this understanding, nice guy because the readers and the, the, the viewers of these shows and light novels, they want to see themselves as that, right? So you kind of project onto that. So the, it's kind of unfortunate, really, right? Because the trope is meant to to win the support of the reader, right? Or the, the viewer. But unfortunately, it just makes for a pretty boring character at times. It, it's not a trope that translates well into anime. It works well in, in light novel, as you mentioned, because it's a one it's a person reading it. They're putting themselves in the story. Uh, e- exactly, yeah. You're, you're directly linked to the story as opposed to watching the anime where you are a third-person viewer. That's effectively what you are. One thing that I did want to mention, I'm not sure if you talked about other characters, but can can we go into favorites and least favorites? Or um, sure, sure, um, definitely. Okay. Like I, I just want to start off with my least favorite character, who is indeed drum roll, please, guys. I swear to God, who is it? It's it's um it's Nibutani. Okay, all right, all right, I'm fine with that. She's 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 my <laughs> she's my least. All right. You want to know something funny, Bish? Yes. When I was watching, when I was watching this for the first time, as soon as I saw Nibutani, I'm like, this is gonna be Bish's favorite character. Really? Yeah, but that was before the huge yeah. change, though, right? No, like that she, was before she, the huge no, change. Like the, no, no, I, it just at the very beginning, I looked at her face. And I'm like, this is the character. This is the kind of character that Bish is into. All right. Well, you guessed wrong. She's least favorite character, and I think it's because of those reasons that I've mentioned, right? Um, my and my favorite character. Come on. Say it is. Say it. Oh yeah. Say it. Oh yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> is um, it's hard to choose. 
Oh come! What, and, and what kind of fucking answer is that, man? Come on! It's, it's hard to you. choose. It's hard to choose because my, my favorite character things... is hard to choose. Like, come on! You can't fucking give a drum roll for that shit. Come on, try yeah, that again. Who guys, is it? Who is it? Yes, guys. No, it's Rika. Um, but it's 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 mainly for the reasons <laughs> that I've mentioned before because that, that I, is, I I feel that, that was a best choice. I look, expected. I, it's because I I feel like I am Rika that in in some moments and so are yeah. you telling us that you are a middle schooler or sorry high schooler um, Japanese girl with a chunibyu ch- like complex that is me okay no, no right. it's just, it's just mainly because sure. of what I went through in my life and I really relate to that so much and. Uh, I look after the second watching. I couldn't get away from that, and I'm like, "Fuck, this is me," and that's it. Um, but before, my favorite character was um, I forgot her name. Before it was Dekomori. Before you disgust me. Before, but she's not best girl, so no, she you know, really isn't. Well, she, she isn't best girl, but well, uh, yeah. Uh, Joe, I want to know who your least and favorite characters are. Uh, my favorite character was. Was definitely Rika for the same reasons as Bish's, or for different reasons. I mean, for for the most part, it's just I liked her. I liked her moments. I loved her backstory. Just learning more about her, like she was definitely the most in depth character out of everyone. Like she was the character with a lot of depth, a lot of like meaning. It's like you learn so much about her. Like, and again, she is advantaged because she like is the main character. So my least favorite would like it it'd have to be Nibutani. Okay, all right. So um, I think we're all in agreement I, that Nibutani is shit girl and the show. Whoa, 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 whoa. Because we like as I said, I've basically said all I need to say about Nibutani with uh, with Kevin. Like there's there's not much else to say. Like her just her her one eighty just like rubbed me the wrong way. And it was just poorly presented. Gotta say, yeah, least favorite character is also Nimutani, obviously, as I've made evident. Not so much because of the change itself, but because of the lack of change in evolution in her character after that. Um, I would tie her with um, What's-Her-Face, Dekumori as well, because Dekumori was also a trope linked to Nimutani, where they didn't really evolve until the very end, honestly. Um, I, again, like I don't know about season two. Hopefully, they they get fleshed out as characters in the second season. But for this season, um, you know, yeah, they do change at the end for the better in episode twelve. But the fact remains that they they are basically tropes for eleven episodes, right? And that was just bullshit. It was frustrating to sit through. Um, as for best character, I gotta say, oh wait, wait, wait. best character or favorite character? There's a difference. Well. Okay, well... Unless it's the same. No, for, for best character, they have to be Ishiki because he's the bro. For favorite character, um, it would have to be uh, Rika and someone else. But for, for Rika, firstly, I agree with you guys, but I'll have to say one thing, okay? I, I do have to criticize her in the sense that um, it's just... In a way, she kind of reminds me of Kodaka in, this, in season two, right? And I find it really frustrating because just her her sociopathic tendency to deny reality, right? I get that it's part of the story, but it still rubbed me the wrong way because it was so frustrating, right? Because um, you know, I've been through some like a similar situation, right, that she's in, but just the way that she she deals with it is frustrating to me because she the way she tries to deny everything, right, and she doesn't realize that you know what her sister for example and stuff and people around her are trying to help her right like they're they're doing everything they can and they they love her in their own way right but she paints them as as antagonists right you know of the bureau so you can't blame her you can't blame her for for seeing it that way right and 
and neither am I blaming blaming her for seeing it that way. It's just frustrating, is what I'm trying to get at. Uh, but nonetheless, a very well fleshed out character, beautifully developed. Uh, in the last six episodes, anyway. Again, the first six episodes were kind of slow, but well done. The second um, favorite character would have to be Toka, honestly, simply because because I think that like she's not done justice in this show just because um she's she's kind of portrayed as this villain as i've said and this trope right the the evil older sibling you know bear in mind she is she's only represented as that trope because the anime yeah it's from is Rika's it, point it's of view. showing re- exactly yeah, exactly so that's why again i'm not i'm not taking off any points of this anime just because uh they're portraying toka that way it's just i gotta say that there's more to her than uh, the show presents, right? Because if you if you look into um, what the you know, the grandparents say and what you learn about Rika's familial situation, right? You learn that she's not a villain at all, actually, right? She she does have her flaws, obviously. She does appear to be kind of uncaring a lot of the time and stuff, right? But she's doing all she can to support her sister, right? Because I believe it's stated that right after their father dies um toka could not stay with rika because she had to move out to work the restaurant to to support the family right since the father died right so she she had to make her own sacrifices to to support her sister and stuff right and she didn't have a say in staying in rika staying with her grandparents because again she had to leave right and at the end of the day all she really wants for her sister right even though she's portrayed as a villain, is she wants her sister to come to terms with what has happened, right? With the fact that their father is dead, you know? In a way, Toka does not have the same level of development as Frika, but I do think that she... Oh, she... She's a well-written one. And I, honestly, I doubt we'll see much of her in the future, but I think that she's well-written, and I would look forward to seeing her more in, in future episodes. Like, I'm sure... Well, I mean... I'm not sure what season two was like, but from what we saw, like, she ended up going to Italy so she could study more culinary arts. So, like, we, I'm not really sure how that, yeah, how that would play would, out would not later on. play out, but, oh, maybe a cameo, a shout-out. Unless... Who knows, we'll see. Yeah, maybe a yeah. cameo. Maybe, like, they'll be on contact over the phone. Yeah. Although, I gotta say, yeah, best quote in the show, I actually put under under Toka's, Toka's notes here. Um, I think one of my favorite quotes in the show, right? One of the defining moments in episode seven, right, is when they're fighting and she says, you know, sorry, Rika's, you know, going on and on about her whole Chinibyo stuff and uh, the subject, her dad comes up, right? And Toko simply says, but that is reality. It's how everyone lives. It's part of growing up, right? So, I don't know, it's just, I think it's a, it's a quote that really represents her character pretty well. Do you guys have any ships or oh, ships uh, I mean here's the thing I, I can't think of any yeah. ships other than like the true OTP like Yuda and yeah. Mika exactly okay, I think so, we can skip yeah. that yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean because, like I mean if you want to present any more like feel free but I mean like that was like that was literally in a way that was the story itself there's there's a side yeah. ship right yeah, the, well, the ship of yeah, uh, Dekomori and um, Enrika oh, I, but that's I, that's a one sided ship that's just oh, okay, Dekomori no, I, being Dekomori well, you mentioned that I, I was thinking of um, uh, Ishiki and, and Kumin uh, and Kumin yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's but they don't talk and she's sleeping half the time yeah, so it's, it's not, like it's not it's a like, real ship it's just it, it's like dating a corpse 
<laughs> Shit. Just saying. Like, that's what it is. She doesn't do anything. It's true. Yeah. She's, she might as well be dead like yeah. at this point. Um, oh, we need to get into that. I know it's harsh, but yeah, it's just, that's just me. You're, so, you're um, a horrible person. But best it's, girl. It's true, though. Lads. Lads. Best girl has to be. Uh, speaking about that, best girl is Kumin. Wait, am I, can I do the honors yeah. of being the first one? Kumin. No, I've already said it, man. Oh. Yeah. I, oh, I got you. Oh, shit. Kumin. So, hang on, but you just compared Kumin to a corpse. So, are, are you also implying yeah, but... that you're into a necrophilia bitch? Or... No! No! Stop. We're learning guys, so much guys, about bitch recently. Guys, you gotta stop this. You gotta stop this. <laughs> no, Kumin is best girl, and I'll explain why. Um, the. The main reason being is because the little interaction that you have with her is it, just so refreshing. It's so so weird. It's so quirky. It's like, why why the hell was her desk just there outside in the like you know when they're introducing this is the napping club and this is the you know the the um, Rika club thing. She was just there with a desk. The, the, why is the desk there? Why why does she need the desk to sleep? It's a school desk. It's not even a regular desk. Really... Where else is she going to rest her head? I know, but I mean, she could have got a table like the rest of them, but she used a school desk. Like, she brought her desk from the classroom. Which is a bit weird. Um, Maybe she wanted the sensation of, like, feeling the greens in, uh, in like, during school life. And she also mentioned with the pillows. Like, she has a bunch of different pillows, and I'm not sure if you've noticed it. The, the, in the, within the animation, she cycles through pillows, and you don't realize it. I know she does, yeah. And <laughs> my favorite one of her pillows is the sheep pillow. That's my favorite one. It's a pillow that's shaped like a sheep. Um, but that that's I think that's the reason why she's best girl. Um, for those reasons. It, it's a very superficial reason. Um, I could say Rika like the rest of you guys. But because I know you guys are going to say Rika. But I don't think... Oh, how the fuck do you know that, bud? Whoa. Because Watch it's a it. bit... There's no... There's no. What are you going to say? You're going to say Dekomori? No, you, I, was, you, I, no, I fu- fuck Dekomori. Um... Are you into decophilia? While I was... Decophilia. (laughs) What the hell? Oh, whoa. Hashtag decophilia. Honestly, decophilia is worse than necrophilia in my book. Like, that's how shit decomori is. No offense. Whoa, whoa. Thanks. Thanks, Nate. I I jokingly, like, while I was watching, I jokingly said, oh, yeah, you know, Kumin's Vescarol. And the reason for that is because, you know, like, I'm a simple man. Like, she likes naps. I like naps. And she doesn't have time for all the Trinibu nonsense, right? So, like, well, until the end. Until the end. Be, but when she tries, that, that was just yeah. a one-time thing, though, because I'm pretty sure she gets out of it. That was just a joke. Are you sure? Are you really so sure? Who knows? Who knows? But, Season two, man. Yeah, no no real best girl for me, unfortunately. No best girl for you? No, it's just, it, it's, not an, Rika, it's not but... a show for me where, like, I would think of that thing, right? Because it's, it, it, it's, it's one of the, the shows where you can't really think of any other quote-unquote best girl other than the the main female character because all of the other side characters are like underdeveloped unfortunately you know it's how it is i know who's yours joe do you have them okay so okay you guys ready for this all right the mom it's the mom isn't it called it fucking called it you best girl is yumiha who the fuck is yumiha exactly it's which it's one of the sisters which one is it it's the child. It's like the younger sister. And Joe, Joe's Joe, a lolly. Joe. Joe's a lolly. Joe, no. Joe's into lollies. Joe, that's beyond lolly, man. What the fuck, Joe? You no, can't. No, 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 no. no. I'm, I'm, Joe, I'm playing. I'm, I'm fish. Fish. Yes. I'm tread carefully, Joe. I'm about. I'm about joke. to kick you from this this call, man. Like tread tread the carefully. First of all, I 
I meant that as an exaggeration. I don't really think Yumiho is the best girl. I just think she it was funny that like when she had those interactions, like, interactions yes, with, with Toka, yes, like she the divorced ones. <laughs> Let me see the, the kids every ones. once in a while. Oh my god! <laughs> just the, the end though, when she's the little kids are crying, right? And he's like, everyone's like, "What the fuck?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, I taught her that." Honestly, if Yumiho was a lot more developed, she would be my favorite character. <laughs> That's too <laughs> much. She was so funny. She is quite funny. Yeah, I, I agree. But uh, my real best girl is uh, is actually Kumin. My man. You guys I, are I'm so... You, like, you, you read my mind. Why, though? Why, why is she... And a move. You would have said the same thing. No, Kevin. but you, I, I, you I just jokingly it. said that while I was watching it because, you know, it was funny. But, like, she doesn't deserve that status because there's there's literally nothing interesting about her. As You literally called her a fucking corpse, bitch. <laughs> Like, well, she is. Well, I mean, that's Bishop. That's Bishop's opinion. Like, I never said she was. No, but she does nothing but fucking nap, man. She she doesn't do yeah, anything. Yeah, she like, she might as well makes be her dead. So adorable! Oh my god, my. So you're you what you're saying is sleeping. Joe? You you like watching girls sleep? <laughs> you fucking bird. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Joe Edgy. You know, just you have a problem with that thing? Th- these episodes are just eye opening about you guys. Like, you want you want to go? Uh, we've learned so much about each other. You know, I have. Except a for me, it's for Joe me. Likes you, you guys don't know about yeah, me. You know, yeah, but you you like traps, so it's Shh, fine. What? What the fuck? No, what the fuck? Yeah, it's true. That's man. You, you are direct that's traps. No, Look, that's something not about her was just I liked her. Uh, like, I don't mean this in like a perverse way. I liked her innocence. Like, I I liked how like she was kind of like the one who. Like, although she didn't like her, like the stakes weren't high for her. Like she kind of like I really liked, I, like she was good fun if that makes any sense. Like she was like the character who like who was kind of neutral, and she like she was there and like made things a lot more interesting. And, like even if like a lot of times she was sleeping, like she was also she would also come like make comments on these different events throughout the show, and she would be so innocent about it. And it's just like. Like you, you need to stop. I'm like I'm ready. To, I'm, my heart's ready to burst. You guys and your vanilla tastes, you disgust me. You know, some, <laughs> some, sometimes vanilla is, is the best flavor. You know, you don't want to go. You don't want to go with that fippy dippy oh, shit. Oh, you know? sorry. Like it's Rocky Road. I, 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 I don't. I don't mean to um like go on a tangent here and go into like you know galp umai, but can we can we can we just <laughs> say that vanilla ice cream is objectively superior to um, chocolate ice cream? Yes. Yes. Okay. I, right. I completely agree right. with that, but and that's why well, I mean, well, Kumin is is completely superior to all the other girls. No, it's just, anime. just boring. You fucking you fucking prove your point. Vanilla is also boring. You bitch. Hey, Kevin, I agree with you to an extent. It depends on the type of chocolate used. Well, you you need like good like French um, vanilla ice cream. Oh fuck like, you, like, man. Like vanilla no. Francaise, you need, man. You need the... No, like no. No, you need the, like Belgium chocolate, man. No, we're talking about vanilla, but we're not talking about French vanilla. We're talking about Swiss vanilla. No, what the fuck? Fuck Swiss, Swiss vanilla, man. No. You know, no. Okay, Kevin, here's the thing. I love vanilla in most cases, but if it, if my ice cream or any type of dessert involves Belgian chocolate... Bel- Belgian chocolate is superior to Swiss chocolate. Uh, that is a uh, fact. Uh, that is a fact. Go to, Let's continue. I went to... Wait, 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 wait. Sorry, sorry. No, let's stop it right here because I went to Switzerland um, and I went to Belgium. And I tried both the chocolates from master chocolatiers in both countries. And Swiss chocolate is better. Well, well, maybe, Bish, have you considered Have you considered that um, you should probably go see a fucking doctor? Because that's that's how it works, Ooh. man. Like, 
No, it's not because you haven't gone to those countries. You didn't meet the man that made the chocolate. You didn't meet the women well, maybe, that made the chocolate. Maybe you just fucking went to a bad like chocolatier place in, Bel- in Belgium. No, no, I, I went to the best. Talking about you guys who use corn syrup in everything that has sugar in it. That's not bish, real sugar. Bish. No offense, I can't trust American. the opinion of a guy who A, likes Domino's Pizza over Pizza Hut, and B, comes from a country where everything tastes like chicken broth. What? Whoa. 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 Can you think of any... Remember the last time you ate good British food? Yeah, me neither. Okay, just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Fish and chips, okay. Uh, Yorkshire pudding. Chicken pot pie. Hell yeah. Chicken pot pie is the best. Chicken pot pie. Yeah. Uh, you, if you hate chicken pot curry, pie, you should curry just is British. Podcast. Have you tried a deep fried um, Milky Way bar? No. Try that shit. I've actually have tried the deep fried. Yes. In batter. Yes. You know, guys, guys, to, to reel the, the conversation back in there, because I'm kind of responsible for this huge tangent. Um, Sorry. Sorry. To, to compare, since we're on the topic of food, right? Um, put briefly, I think that cumin is interesting, right? Like, let me think of a metaphor here. Like, um, cumin is like as interesting as um, cement. There you go. There you go. That's how interesting she is. Just fucking drying cement. All right. Because that's that's all she does. She she lies on the ground. She, she she is cement. She lies on the ground and she does nothing. Okay. Yeah, but just like cement, it's always fun to stick your hand in there. I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I just had to say that. <laughs> yeah, um, so for those of you who didn't know what just happened, uh, I basically just kicked Bish to the corner of shame in our Discord did you, server. Did, did, you, did you kick me off the server? <laughs> yes, I you did. You should be ashamed just, for yeah, that. Like we, I thought like I disconnected. Well, I, I, here's, the, here's the thing, guys. We we use a Discord. We use like three different channels. We have a general channel. We have a recording channel, and then we have the corner of shame. The corner of shame is when somebody says something so like over the top that they just need to spend a few seconds. Of yeah, yeah but you guys agree with me, right? Yeah, just, no? just go back to that fucking corner and think about what you just said, bitch. Just, just think about what you just said. In, no, go back to the corner of shame. <laughs> no, <laughs> okay, I think we're abusing this. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all need to stop okay. doing this, man. I learned my lesson, <laughs> right, although I, I stand by my point. Okay. F- fair is fair. Can... Um, I can respect that you guys think that Kuben is best girl. Um, going on to the audiovisual component, I really want to talk about the art style. For me, there wasn't anything that was amazing about the art style. There it was definitely has that uh, Kyo Ani style. It does, yeah, and it, it it's become a, a an expected thing. You expect the characters to to look like that, right? If I shaved any of the characters' heads, they would all look be the same. Like Kyon. <laughs> yeah, all look the same, kind of like Hagenai, right? So but basically, they would also look like... if if you you're telling me if you if we shaved if we shaved Rika's head, she would just become Ishiki. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> No, but y- y- <laughs> you, you just... know what I mean, right? No, but yeah, y- no. you know what I mean. I'm, I'm comparing it to Kaon. Like, the characters look yeah. so much like Kaon characters. It's completely different to free characters, right? Obviously, because they're men. But, you know, it's... There oh, is a my difference, God. Always raving following... about free, aren't you? Always raving. Free season three. Uh, expect that on Kun. and I'm joking. Uh, but you, you can see the way that they look. It, it Clearly, it's a Kiyoani style. Um, what I really did enjoy with the animation was that I can tell that they use a lot of 3D animation within the show as well. Um, sometimes not the best. Like, I, I wondered why they would use a 3D animation within a certain transition. There was this one transition that got me 
where it was they were transitioning to the um, balcony and they were transitioning from the balcony into the house from the outside and they'd done it in 3d and i was like why it doesn't it, you of all the things you could have done in 3d you could have enhanced the fight scenes in 3d etc why did you choose that benign moment it just doesn't make sense um yeah honestly i don't even remember that much um 3d animation nothing particularly stuck it like stood out to me um i was more focused on the 2d animation and well there's not much to say but that's not a bad thing because you know kyoani they just they never really let you down with their art style and animation right like i, I immediately noticed you know since episode one i immediately wrote in my notes art style is superb right it's what you come to expect of kyoani really um, lots of very like popping colors, very sharp, thin, clearly defined lines. So it was beautiful art style. The animation was, the, I don't know, the art style was great. Animation was decent. Nothing, um, it's not Attack on Titan, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. 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 But, or Tempest. Or Tempest, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, let's talk about the, the opening and ending, actually, um, because... When people talk about, um, well, for me anyways, when people talk about Junibio, they often bring up the the opening and endings, and I don't know what you guys think of them. Uh, the opening was, I, I didn't like the opening. I'm just going to put it out there right now. I agree. The opening didn't do anything for me. The ending was very good, though. I got a, like huh, I, for me, it's kind of the opposite. Like, I'll make it clear right now, um, neither the opening or ending were particularly memorable to me, but I I like the the opening. The visuals, no? Yeah, the ending. I noted it was pretty pretty, pretty nice because it had some beautiful animation, you know, just like the rest of the show. And the opening, I particularly noted just because of just the 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 way they presented each character. I don't know why. It's not. So amazing. they they zoomed in on tits and ass. No, for the whole. I oh noticed that though. That that no. There was, there was just, one you know, point you, you where you know, it was just you know, ass shaking. Oh yeah, that that was weird. weird. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about like when they go through all the characters, right? And it's like there was just this, this oh, okay. rapid series of cuts, right? So if, like I'm thinking of Nibutani's part of the intro where it's like she's like jumping, right? And it's just like rapid flashes, um, and she transitions from the left to the right side of the screen, and it it matches the beat in the music, right? So it's kind of it's fun. It's not an amazing opening for sure. It's not very memorable, but it's all right. It's not terrible. It's not great. It's all right. Yeah, I mean, I I think what stuck out the the soundtrack itself stuck out to me more yeah. than the opening and ending. To be what honest, what you guys think of that? Mm. Um, I'm I'll be honest with you. It, it, there was a lot of uh, particularly within the um, soundtrack of the um, first arc. It, it it had that hug and I vibe. You know, you know that particular song, Kevin. You know that one in Hug and I. That they keep on repeating. I was like, "Is that the same song?" But then I realized it isn't. But it, it had that Haganai vibe with with a lot of the first six episodes. Yeah, it was like that repeating song that you would hear when something exciting would happen. You were like, "Fuck yeah!" But then towards the dramatic moments, there was moments where um, you didn't even have music at all, and I think that's when it <clears throat> it hit home. Like particularly with the Dakamori moment. Um, at the beginning, there was no music until you know she broke. Until do you see what I mean? And it's like it's it's the timing of the music as well also plays 
a, an important part, and I think that was incredibly well executed. Personally. I do agree with you, Bish. Although I, I will admit that there were times where, like the, like for example, when like the episode ended on a very serious note, there was no need to include the ending song for that because it just destroyed the the tension. And then when you start the the next episode with like that cheery music, and then you go back to that serious moment, it just doesn't feel the same. Well, I don't, I don't kind of agree. I don't know how they would resolve that, right? Because it's a twelve-episode I mean, anime. Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to compare it to other anime, but sure. like, it, I mean, Persona Four: The Animation did something like that, where it's like it omitted the opening, so we could go right back into where like the last episode went off, mm. and oh, that made with, the scenario feel. We're talking about the Nanako scenario. Am I correct in saying that? Uh, yes. Although, I, like, I, I don't want to say anymore because spoiler reasons. Um. But yeah, like it's that scenario because like it picked off right, it picked up right where the last episode went off, and like it, there, like it felt seamless. Like, it, like there wasn't any interruption in between, which I liked a lot. So like, I was hoping something like that would would appear, would like make some apparent in this in this show as well. Like we get the we get the the logo card, and then we just move on. So for me, like I don't know, I'm kind of between you guys because like I don't think on, on one hand I don't think it's like blast of tempests but i i do think it does definitely stand above your average show right um like it's nothing i would download but i do remember this one track i don't remember how it goes but i do remember that it was a piano track you guys know what i'm talking about and it, I, and it, which moment was it in it was in I might remember. like it was in like all of the super tragic and dramatic moments okay i think i know what yeah you're yeah so it wasn't memorable enough for me to remember how it went but it was memorable enough for me to remember that hey there's this piano track that stuck out right so um it complements the um the tragic scenes really well the you know, the comedic moments uh it for those it fits well i guess but it doesn't it's not outstanding right uh, but it's not bombastic enough um emotional enough for me to to remember it so you know to download it unfortunately the ironic thing is i uh... Considering this is a Kyoto animation show, I would have expected the music to be on another level, right? Because we've seen K-On! Music was great in K-On! Music was also great in the first season of Free, not the second, but... Uh, <clears throat> and, you know, in other shows like that, I'm a bit... I'm a bit shocked as to why Kyoto animation didn't put more effort into the music, right? It, as, as you mentioned, it wasn't memorable. It wasn't like a track from K-On! or... You know that dubstep track from from Free. I don't think EDM would work with a show like this. <laughs> no, just just fucking imagine. Rika, your father died. Drop the beat. <laughs> you know, like just <laughs> it just wouldn't work. But I don't know. It, it's it's pretty good, um, in my opinion. Not outstanding, but that's not like I'm not holding that against it. Yeah, it's not like it's completely unoriginal. Yeah. It, it does have its its merits. How about voice acting? Because I know Joe already mentioned before that you know I, I think oh, we can all be in agreement acting. that it they, they do a pretty solid job, right? like, especially for Dakamori, for Rika, right? Uh, and just getting the emotions out there, right? Um, pretty good. That's all I have to say. I'm I'm happy with the the voice acting. No one really seemed off to me. 
um, in terms of the voice acting, I completely agree with you. It wasn't necessarily noteworthy. It, it hit the points it needed to hit within yeah. the animation. It's not necessarily noteworthy. That's that's my opinion. Like, do you want me to kill you? No, and I, no, I think but... this is trying to say that it, it's good, but it's not outstanding. Yeah, it's not it's not something that would win an, would win a um, an Oscar. I don't say. think any anime would win an Oscar. I mean, fucking your name didn't get an Oscar. But no, that's whoa, like, whoa! No, but you Bish, know what I, I mean. Bish, I have I have one thing to say to you. Do you want to die, Joe? You gotta stop this Danganronpa V three. All right. <laughs> the Bish, you know me too well. To know that I will never stop. <laughs> Alright. But overall, do you guys have anything, any final thoughts on the sound design, on the audiovisual aspect of, of the show, or have we covered everything? I, I guess I have to say I really like the vibrancy of. Vibrancy. I don't know if that, vibrancy is a word, but I just like it is how vibrant the. Uh, I, I liked how uh, vibrant the animation was. Like, you saw, like. Although it may not have been the greatest at times, like although like, you could kind of tell it was suffering from like that, that simulcast syndrome. Uh, it also like you could see like the different like emotions that each character, hmm. each character felt. Like, although like you could see, I, I, I would like to ask you, you what see... is simulcast syndrome? I'm I'm not sure I understand. Well, I mean I, that's a term I literally just made up. I'm just I'm basically referring to. Uh, just like how, like when, like before the DVD and Blu-ray releases, like the animation might not be as great. Okay. You know what I mean? Like when it, does it like, really change though in the DVD? Because I mean, they're they're just they're I, taking I mean, what I'm they really, I'm not really sure. Well, I mean, I, that's I'm just my assumption. Okay. Like I'm not really sure if it's much of a difference. I'm just saying, like it's like, your impression. Like, what what I'm basically saying is that the animation, even if the the animation like may have like not been the greatest quality, at some at some moments, like specifically when like characters are really far. Uh, I really liked how they they were very like they expressed themselves a lot through their motions in the animation. It's like you like you instead of this like these stiff characters, you saw them like moving like all over the place. You saw them like me, like tripping a couple times. Like like there are like variations in their like animation. Well, well you gotta so, yeah, like, you gotta say that. Um, you know, I gotta take back what I said earlier. The animation isn't completely unnotable um, because now you think about it, the, the scenes where there's a lot of emotions. Right, I'm, I'm going back again to the Dekamori scene. Um, the reason why it works so well, right, and you're able to empathize with the characters so well, is because, not just because of the, the voice acting, right, but it's a combination of the animation as well. Because I'm just remembering um, the just the way it was animated, right? Especially, like, them crying and the, the emotions that they have for the, during those scenes are really well done, right? So just the animation for that really boosted the emotional impact of, of the voice actors and i think that if you had you know you could have the best voice acting in the world but if you had shitty animation to go along with it it would have completely ruined the moment right which was not the case here so the animation um in general was was all right but i think it stood out particularly in those emotional scenes when they animated the characters faces right yeah you can definitely rely on kyoto to find that middle ground Moving on from that, though, I think it's it's time to wrap up with our gripes and grumbles and, you know, overall thoughts, you know, both positive and negative. Um, who wants to start? My real gripe was 
as far as like visuals and audio concerned are well like was i mentioned before with the animation and how it may have like seemed a little like odd at times it's like when like for example like it's usually kind of difficult to to draw characters from a distance and make them look as great as they can it's like i saw like i saw those moments a lot when like the the artists may have had some difficulty like just making them look better from a distance but at the same time since this was like some this was like done as a simulcast this it probably looks a little better in a dvd slash blu-ray well wh what about you bish i know you like haven't really said much like I i'm wondering what your gripes and grumbles were about like the show in general maybe some specific parts like audio and visual components etc my main issue, and I think it's already been mentioned, we've already mentioned it in the beginning, kind of, is is about the pacing of the show, right? It, it's something re I don't really want to go into anymore, but uh, more so in terms of the gripes and grumbles, I, I just want to talk about um, what I like about the anime and, and why I kind of suggested it to you guys instead, right? This was an anime that I suggested and I put it on the list, mainly because it was one of my first anime, and I, I, I always like enjoying showing you guys new animes and showing you guys anime that is different from what we've covered because initially when i suggested it it was like hey look i want to cover more romance shows blah 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 but it's not it's not just the romance it's it has a meaning behind it and i think many people are going to enjoy it give it a try guys i think um for anyone that is new to anime i would say this is a is a great it does have its flaws right no no, no doubt about it but you're well, you're going to be less are sort of needed so that it becomes an entry point. I think so. Yes, because you're not you're not gonna, you're not going to necessarily no realize if you're watching it for the first time, you're not going to necessarily realize that this anime is like oh you know it, there's got problems with pacing and stuff, especially if you're new to anime. But at the same time, you can always go back and look back at it just as I did, and then say hey look it did have this problems, but this was what was good with it, etc. And I think it, it it's good to learn. This is an anime to learn from. Which I find is is always great, and because the the reason we started Kunai was that we learn from anime and we learn from each other's, um, and we have experience in each other's uh, different genres. And come to think of it, on top of the um, was it the the tags you usually see associated with the show, you know, like people call it a drama, people call it a comedy or a rom com. It is it is both. It's a bit of all three actually, but I'd also say that um, above all. Um, I would say that the two most prominent genres would be drama, but also coming of age. It's most at its core is definitely a coming of age show, right? It's about these these characters in high school who are are you know coming to terms with this new reality that they're they're facing, right? Kind of discovering themselves and their family. And and again, I, I'd have to reiterate what Bish said. My my biggest issue with this show is also the pacing with a bit of um you know the poor side characters um is my second gripe right it's not terrible overall i still enjoy the anime more than you know the the positives do outweigh the negatives but it's just that you know like i said before chunibyo is a tragedy wearing the mask of a lighthearted comedy right but ultimately it fails to be a great comedy and it fails to be a memorable tragedy until the end because it balances um, the, these two aspects, you know, comedy and tragedy, poorly. And its character development all throughout the first act is... It's lacking. 
All right, so when the knife to the gut finally does come around in the second act to prevent you from falling asleep, right, you don't care as much about the characters as you could, right? For me, the saving grace of this show really comes in not only the second act, but specifically the last two to three episodes. That's when it truly shines. But I just wish that it were, were paced better, right? The, the last few episodes show us just how how good the story is, right? And how much you can come to care about the characters. It's just, you don't see any of that magic in the first whole six episodes, right? Like there's too much of a disconnect between the first half and second half, right? They're almost entirely different shows. And again, if I say this a lot, but if I weren't watching for this for Kunai, all right? I don't know if I'd necessarily have the motivation to watch through the, the first six episodes, right? Because, uh, with the first six episodes, you have the feeling that, oh, okay, the last 12 are going to be more of the same, right? You're not going to expect a radical change. Like, what happens? Well, I guess that's what makes these shows really good. It's just, like, that huge twist. Yeah, it, it, it's good, but I just wish that, you know, from the get-go, it could have been paced a bit better, right? Unfortunately, it's just a, a common theme among a lot of shows is um, they kind of botch the the introductory arc right or you're introducing new characters but at the same time it's important to continue to develop main characters i find right and once the main characters developed to not just focus on the focus on the main characters but also flesh out the side characters a bit you know it's a bit difficult admittedly to do in 12 episodes but just i think that they could have balanced it you know a bit better than they they did you know overall still a great show um as for people I'd recommend it to, I don't know if I'd recommend this to people getting into the the genre or into anime in general, because again, the first six episodes might put them off just because of the pacing. Well, I mean, at the same time, it's like with, mm -hmm. if it's like their first type of show, it's probably something that would really put them off. Yeah, you don't, you don't like, want it's that like to if, happen, if it's right? Something... You want it to be something that, you know... Right, but like I don't really think it put them off because like it's it's like a new concept to them if they're like a beginner. It's like they don't really know what it means to be put off by exactly. like an anime trope. Yeah, I, I completely agree the with that. The problem is, guys, um, the first six episodes, right, is really slice of life and it was focusing on like more so the comedic aspect of the show, right? And honestly, it's kind of cringy. Intentionally, it's supposed to be cringy because, you know, it's supposed to remind you of... You know, your Chunibyo phase, right? Because everyone has that. But if you're someone who's never watched anime, right? You might not necessarily have the same um, connection to this concept of, you know, ch what Chunibyo is and all that, right? So there's not there's, there's not this connection to drag you in. And you might think that, you know, uh, instead of it being funny, you're, you're just looking at this anime like, oh, it's just super fucking weird about these, like, social outcasts. Well, I, d I disagree with that. I honestly disagree with that because... I came in watching this anime without much prior knowledge of what anime is, right? Yeah, but it's not so your first anime, I, is I, it? And I, and I right? I'm not saying that... No, it wasn't It wasn't necessarily yeah, exactly. my first anime, but it was like my third or something. That's my so... point. By, by that time, you all got a, some sort of feel. I wouldn't like try to introduce someone to to the genre with this show. No, I still, I still disagree, right? Because that was my first introduction to Chunibyo. I didn't know what the hell the Chunibyo was before yeah, but that. Not, I couldn't that, even that, pronounce that's, that's the word. Aside from my point, my so, point is just because it relies on some sort of like the the connection that tries to establish with you in the first few episodes relies on you getting having at least some form of knowledge of it uh, of you know the, the culture 
and no it's not necessarily that because everyone can look back at their their you know high school or elementary school lives and and cringe and that's effectively what they're doing and that's where it's relatable even if you're not have any knowledge if you don't have any knowledge of that culture you can still relate to it uh even in some very odd way you can still do it okay because that's what i did no i i and disagree that's my but point we let's just continue uh i don't think it joe uh who would you recommend this anime to would you agree uh, with the bitch well i mean i'm kind of in the same but um, yeah, I pretty much agree with Vish. Um, it seems like the kind of show that's like, it's like if you're not if you if you're new to anime and haven't really seen like if if you want like something that could give you that could be like a bit of a psychological like experience, as well as just good fun like slice of life, like just like it's kind of like it has the best of both. Hmm, I don't know if I. <sighs> I don't know if I'd agree with that. Well, I mean, maybe maybe best of both. I think it's, is, that's like, a bit strong. It too much. Yeah. It, it'd be more like it has, it has um, like some interesting like bits from each genre, that that you can kind of yeah like, okay. your way it, into. And then if you want to, to that, like, yeah, I can see, I can see your point. You know, it, it does combine multiple different genres that you see. And I think the best thing about it is because it does do that, you're more likely to focus on what you like right because when i watched this anime for the first time i i saw this and i was like you know what i want to watch more romance dramas for example that's that's the direction that i wanted to jump in someone else might think oh okay cool i like the first six episodes so i'm i'm gonna watch more uh, romantic comedies or i'm gonna watch more slice of life stuff i might go and watch kaon for example it, it, it it's very broad and so it kind of allows people to choose more genres that they might be interested in even though they thought, okay, this this wasn't the best anime, but maybe I might go in and jump in on the comedy genre, for example. Okay. Um, fair point, fair point. Although I would like to add one last thing to some recommendations, actually. Um, and that's simply, I recommend this show to people who have watched and liked Henneko. Because, again, I'm going back to this because just there are a lot of similarities between these two series I find, right? Just in the general layout, right? In that both are dramas and um, like comedies, right? And just the way the story progresses, right? The, just the, the tragic mixed in with, at the very end, with uh, the first two episodes being comedy, right? So if you liked Henneko, uh, then I would definitely recommend this show for you. I completely agree with that. To be honest, I haven't seen um, Henneko. Oh, so you, you should. You need to watch should. it. And it's Kuna. It's part of yeah. Kunai history, and man. You need to watch it. Inversely, here, if you liked Chunibyo, I would recommend Henneko, which we covered, by the way, in our very first episode. So, if you want to cringe at um, at me, then definitely go check that out. I know I won't. Oh, last thing. Um, you know, there, there is a second season, so there's no point in, in wondering, you know, oh, would you guys want a second season to be produced? But, like, do you guys want to see... Yeah, food for thought. Do you guys want to see the second season? I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've seen second season, but I'm going to say this as if I originally watched it. I felt that the anime ended in, in, a, in a way that I don't need a second yeah. season. Yeah. And that's very rare for anime, for me, particularly. I didn't. It's not like I didn't want a second season, but I felt like, hey, look, this was an ending that I'm okay with. I don't need a second season. I feel the same way. I, I found that they tied up like a lot of the loose ends, right? The, the like honestly, Uta and Rika's relationship and their their evolution has now the, the the knot has been knotted really, um, in the sense that 
you know, she she's come to terms with her father's death. She's uh, gotten rid of the more dangerous side of her Trinibio, uh personality, and she's you know come to accept Trinibio in a different way, right? In a in a positive way. And honestly, the only reason why I'd want to watch a second season is just to see if those poor poor side characters finally get some justice in the second season i i i don't want to spoil it for you but the side characters in second season get so much justice like it's unbelievable but the 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 one issue that i have um when originally watching it was that i didn't necessarily want a second season because i feared where could they go from there so um, you went in with the sort of the bias of sorts not necessarily a bias i i just felt that uh, specifically watching the the first season finishing it i thought okay if they were to do a second season how would they do it how would because look there's no drama there's no drama for them to resolve there's no it would be very petty it would be very like i, I don't want to it, it, it could devolve the anime could devolve from the point of its of its heightness like it could have gone it could go down into a romantic comedy route or it can go down into like it like more irrelevant issues uh, in terms like, oh, he's seeing another girl, etc. They could go down that route, or they could go down the route of um, of just slice of life, K-On style. And either way, if you're not maintaining that drama that you had in the first season, which is very difficult to do in the second season, especially the fact that they've resolved it. If they didn't resolve it, then I, th- I would have said, hell yeah, man, second season. Okay. I would love to watch that. But because they've resolved it, okay. so I, there's that when initially watching it... There's that uncertainty for you going to okay exactly so exactly but i've seen second uh, season but i'm not going to comment now on actually just uh, feel free to shut me down okay um but i know that we usually don't ask this on kunai but since you know you're kind of like bish in the future uh from our perspective since you've seen the second season uh now that you've seen it would you recommend that we go see it or do you think do you think that it's better to stay with the first season i am not going to recommend it for kunai that's what I'm going to say. Okay. All right. So, yeah, I think that's been a quite an interesting episode of Kunai, I think, for this time. It's a very thought It's definitely one of the more thought-provoking episodes. Mm. It yeah. is indeed, yeah. Um, I'd just like to end this episode before we get into our Twitter handles and, and things like that. Big shout-out and big thanks to our sponsors for this episode. First one being Crunchyroll.com. Remember, you can watch this anime on Crunchyroll. If you go to crunchyroll.com forward slash kunai, you can get your 14-day free trial, ad-free 1080p anime. For everything anime, check out Crunchyroll. Also, be sure to support us by checking out our second sponsor, which is Loot Crate. Remember, you can go to lootcrate.com forward slash kunai and use the code kunai at checkout for 10% off your first subscription to Loot Anime. And believe me, you won't regret it. So yeah, I think that that's been it, uh, Kevin. Oh yes, almost forgot about that. Actually, it was so concentrated on the discussion here. But um, you guys are in for a treat next time, because on the next episode of Kunai, we will be covering none other than Black Lagoon, and fret not, we will be covering both the dub and the sub. All right, I know that. There are fans out there who really, really are adamant of one or the other. So fret not, that will be discussed. Wait, we're covering, but we're coming to sub as well? Oh, you'll see. You'll see how we'll do it. Oh, man, that's, Kevin's going to yeah. take me on a wild ride. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar with Black Lagoon, by the way, just let's just say that uh, if 
Quentin Tarantino ever became an anime producer, this is the show that he would make. So that and know that like the dub is like panty stocking garbelt. It, it is like levels. It of is fantastic. fantastic. Yeah, but don't discredit the sub. We will be covering both and. Of course not. The Japanese voice actors have to get credit where it's due. Definitely. But, um, guys, if you you know want to give us feedback, uh, then please leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play as well. Alternatively, you can also send us an email at uh, galp.pa at uh, gmail.com, or you can contact us on Twitter. We have a Twitter page at galpkunai, and there's also our personal Twitter pages in case you want to go, you know, share your thoughts on, you know, why Nubitani isn't worst girl on the show or, you know, um, Domino's is better than Pizza Hut or whatnot, you know. Domino's no. best girl, man. Come on. For those of you who want to do that, um, Bish, why don't you start? So my Twitter page is at Get a Life Podcast. For me, it's at Tolvray. It is T-O-L-V-R-A-I-E. And my Twitter handle is at KiboGamer, spelled K-I-B-O-U-G-A-M-E-R. All right, guys. Well, looking forward to Black Lagoon. And honestly, with uh, and, and honestly, thank you for listening. because And thank you, Bish and Joe, because this was... Oh, it was a loaded discussion. And thank you guys, especially, for, for listening in. I hope... Mamma mia, that's a spicy meat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, guys. See you, guys. See ya. Right, and- bye-bye. Shall we just plunge right in? Basically, this anime is about a girl called Rika and a boy called Yuta. And, you know, they love each other very much. No, I'm joking. I'm not going to go through that. Okay. All right, Joe. All right. All right. All right, Joe. Well, you know what, Bish, I'm kind of sorry for you because, I mean, you wanted to start first. but Yeah, fuck you guys, man. I don't. Secretly. Uh, oh god. No, but oh god. but seriously guys.